Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's show, I think we're really going to 
really going to focus on quarterbacks more than anything else because, you know, we I've said for years doing the Madden voice that if I have two teams that are equally matched, I'm looking at the quarterback and the head coach. And I think that is proven to be gospel. Look at the quarterback and look at the head coach. We've said coaching matters, quarterbacking matters. And uh, me and K-Star got into it last week where he said that Romo's being asked to do less, and so therefore he, he shouldn't be an MVP candidate. Um, got some points to bring up to Mr. K-Star tonight about that statement. Just like I know he's got some things he wants to bring up about his quarterback. Big Ben, 500 yards, only quarterback to do it twice. And all of a sudden the Steelers are looking like a team again. Or are they? Is this, is this real or is this fool's gold? Because two weeks ago we had them dead and buried. Tomlin's coaching for his job, and 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 you know we we you know so so you know I dare I say we're going to talk about the Bears and Jay Cutler tonight, and they're in a world of hurt. And where are they going to be in two weeks? So the bottom line is, no matter what we say this year, I don't know. I I, I you notice I haven't really been calling myself the omniscient one. I, I really haven't much this year because I don't know from week to week I got nothing. But we're going to do our best to demystify the NFL tonight. In case I didn't introduce myself, it's me, Commissioner T. I put an open invite out on Facebook to all the cowboy haters who now all of a sudden want to come pop up out of the woodwork to come on and call into the show tonight and take me on. So we'll see. if it, Randy, Randy Garcia, friend of the show, whose cousin is Aaron Hernandez, uh, former New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez, has vowed that he will call into the show. So uh, he's one of the haters that I challenged to come on to the show. And let's see if anybody else will call into the show and take me on about the Cowboys. I got, I got a lot to say to them if they do. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, I don't do this alone. In case you didn't hear, that's right, me, Commissioner T. But I have some co-hosts. Now, Dr. Train will be joining us momentarily, running a little late. You know, we all have day jobs, and we got to scramble from our day jobs and transition into hosting the Madden Voice. So I'm here. And first and foremost, let me bring on the man from Atlanta. The man, uh, you know, some call him the voice of reason. Going to ask him how them how them Jaguars looking that he had so many good things to say about last week, um, but 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 most importantly he's my younger brother and love him to death. Uh, JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Evening, Commish T. Good to uh, be on on a Tuesday night. Good to be on the Madden Voice. I don't hear anything else about the Jaguars. I feel <laughs> what I had to say. That. <laughs> I, I mean, I get one step too far, and I knew it would be you, so let's just move on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We hold each other accountable on the Madden Voice, so we're going to have to. You know, you're lucky, although K-Star asked me to pull some clips. I just, it's just one of those days I couldn't, it just, I had things to do today. Um, and so I couldn't get to K-Star's clips, but I was definitely going to pull the JB clip from last week on the Jags and play that, but I couldn't get to do that. So you're very, you're lucky that I didn't, that oh, I didn't get to no, do no. that. Go, go, go ahead and pull the clip because I'll, hopefully you do and you'll be able to find that I said in the future, not this year. I said not this year, but I said mm-hmm. it's like trying to do some things. But mm. I never said this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. In the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. crystal ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what was the score of that game? Uh, it was a whole lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, just checking. All right, and let's bring on the man who I know he's sticking his chest out. I know I know he's sitting there, you know, I know he's bloviating. I know this man right now, he probably all, for the last two days, it's bad enough that his team put a 50-burger on the Colts. It's bad enough they did that. But then to see my team go down last night, I just know that he was waiting to get on the Madden voice today because – you know, he probably is figuring for one night, I don't got to hear how about them Cowboys. Let's talk about, you know, the, the, the Steelers. First, let me introduce him, one of the best Madden players in the world, uh, diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and uh, the man who resides out in Indianapolis, uh, uh, Indiana, and uh, probably would run off the Madden voice when it's, and go watch the NBA because I know he's a big basketball fan. NBA starts tonight. I can't get into basketball. Right now, though, because there's just too much football going on. I'll get there. I'll get there. But I can't get there just yet. But anyway, K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. Happy to be here. I am so thrilled to be joining both of you. Uh, I can't wait for Train to uh, also join us because I'm sure we have a lot to discuss, uh, especially me and UT. I am, you know, it's amazing how much can change in a week. Uh, that is the NFL. Not for long. Things often change, and I'm very excited to discuss it. And, you know, had I had time which I didn't, but had I had time just for K-Star, I was going to, and I may still do this um, and see if I have more of a reason to to do it, but what I'm going to do for you, K-Star, because I am a fair man. I'm a fair man. I can dish it out, but I can take it, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to this week, I'm going to take that Mike Tomlin clip that we're going to unleash holy hell in December, and I'm going to just cut it to we're going to unleash holy hell. And that's going to be your how about them Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to just get that one piece. And if your Steelers keep playing well, then I'll be able to play. We're going to unleash holy hell. That'll be your how about them Cowboys tip. How about that? I want to do that. I love it. I love it. I think that could be the theme of the uh, season, hopefully. Well, you know, and you know, I think we should just roll right in with the Steelers. I know everybody wants to hear uh, the Cowboys and my comments, but we, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, okay? But but I feel it's only fair to give K-Star uh, kind of the floor, but to let us as a group, and I know Train will be joining us shortly, to, to talk about the Steelers because, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, you know, it was just two weeks ago, it was just two games ago, that right here on the Mad Voice, um, you know, I for one said, I don't know that the Steelers are any best, any better than the fourth best team in their division. I know I for one said Tomlin was coaching for his job. I know I, for one, uh, said a week ago that um, based on numbers and performance that I'd take Joe Flacco over Big Ben. Now, I, I don't know that I need to go back on that because I think uh, I, I don't know that the world changes on one or two games. I think we look at a whole season. But certainly I think that um, I will admit that I certainly had the Steelers heading uh, south. <laughs> and I don't mean to the Super Bowl, but I mean they just didn't look good at all. And I still think there's a lot of concerns on that team. But the one thing that we saw is what well, we saw the old Big Ben. We saw a guy come out there and do his thing. So, I mean, I mean, K-Star, um, I know you've been waiting to do this. So what are your thoughts now that you've seen your, your, you know, your quarterback, your Hall of Fame quarterback come and play as well as he did? What are your thoughts on the Steelers now? You know, the past often is you could, you could find a lot in it. Right, you can when you whenever people forecast, whenever people do anything in that line of work, you often use history as your best indicator of the predicted future. Now, last week I said to you guys the biggest reason why I felt 
the Steelers are still the uh, best team in the AFC North is because of one Ben Roethlisberger. Now, granted, he hasn't played terrific this season. He's played very well, uh, 105.6 QB rating. But the fact of the matter is, I, I said last week that this is a guy capable of putting up uh, elite numbers, putting up an elite passing performance. Just a guy who, you know, per- annually, perennially was a top five quarterback. And let's just say Big Ben unleashed and uh, set the NFL world uh, a friendly reminder. A reminder that he is a Hall of Famer. That he is a three-time Super Bowl going uh, quarterback. A guy, a guy who's won it twice. A guy who, as you said earlier, the only quarterback in NFL history to have multiple 500-yard games. A guy who joined Y.A. Tittle. Uh, and, and having the only other 500-yard-plus game, six touchdowns, no interception uh, game in NFL history. One of the greatest passing performances of all time is what Big Ben gave us all on Sunday, all, all that terrific treat. And, you know, I, I think JB said, you know, he thought it was a fluke a couple weeks ago what happened with the Texans, and my biggest thing was, no, hold on, wait, this was the fourth-ring offense going into this game. Um, there's actually a lot of truth to be found in it. The Steelers are very capable of playing up to that standard, and, Let's just say they kept the momentum up for 60 minutes against the Colts because the Colts had no prayer of stopping Ben and that offense. And honestly, the biggest reason, aside from Big Ben's terrific play and um, just dynamite, uh, again, quarterbacking cadence, was the emergence of Martavis Bryant, rookie from Clemson. This guy's added a whole new dimension to deep passing tech to the offense. And, I mean, this is an offense full of, of playmakers everywhere. I don't, you, you guys already know the names. I don't need to go through them. But – it was just nice to see that Big Ben had my back as I had his. For those who wrote the Steelers off, hold on. Again, this is a great offense. This is a team that can play up to, uh, to any other team's standards. This is a team that still has champions, Super Bowl uh, champions, and a lot of heart. And as you said earlier, it's about the coach and the quarterback when it comes to these kind of matchups. And Tomlin and Roethlisberger, they played a lot of big games, and they just showed why they uh, you know, had that experience and they can do it. Time and time again, and um, I'm very happy where the arrow is pointing for my Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. So let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Two weeks ago, you said I can't defend Tomlin anymore. You were not a believer two weeks ago. You you were not a believer. We talked about Todd Haley. And how, you know, he, you know, seemingly still can't get on the same page with Big Ben, right? We talked about your defense. And let's not forget that your defense gave up 34 points to the Colts, um, which in most games is a loss. In most games, unless you have a quarterback that just goes out of his mind like Ben. But in most games, you give up 34 points, you're, you're, you're done in most games. Um, you know, and in two weeks, you swung back to – you know, even using terms like championship team and all of that. Um, you know, right now your team, I believe, is four and three. Is that is that is that fair to five, say? Five, five and three at the moment. Five and three. And in that division, if if I remember correctly, because I I don't have it in front of me, but all of the teams are pretty much actually I do have it in front of me. Um, so you know, every team is pretty much within a game. Because at five and yep. three, you're, you're 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 tied with the Ravens, but you're listed because your division record is third, um, and you're you're one game ahead of the Browns simply because you've got one more win. Um, so so really, you're ahead of the Browns, but you're I think I think the Browns beat you guys in the one game you played. So if you were playing but, the same number of games with the same record, 
right? Wouldn't you, you guys? No, no, no. Division? We we split. We split the. We split the. Played them uh, first game of the season. We beat them at home. Oh, okay, either. okay. All right. So then, so I don't know what the other, what the next tiebreaker is. It's probably common opponents or conference record or something like that. So, so it's between you and the Browns for the bottom of the division, Ravens, and then and then the Bengals. Do do you feel was this was this performance? indicative of what you expect to see moving forward or was it just just one I mean my quarterback Tony Romo had a game like that last year against Peyton Manning 48 points five touchdown passes blah 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 okay um do you 500 yards you know do you think this is what you expect to see moving forward or was this just one of those games where just everything fell into place uh, this is definitely something I expect to see going forward. Maybe not five hundred no, yards. Are you all right? But are you saying this? I'm asking you. You yes, you're a fan. But are you saying this because of your loyalties and wishful thinking, or do you truly expect to see this type? Uh, yeah, obviously we don't expect five hundred yards and six touchdowns every week. But this level of play by Big Ben, not the anemic play against uh, Cleveland a couple weeks ago where you lost thirty-one to ten. You know, not that type of play. You expect to see this high level of play from Big Ben moving forward? Yes, absolutely, I do. Uh, and again, it's because of. of the emergence of Latarius uh, Bryant and what he's capable of doing, taking the top of the defense and just being a huge red zone threat. I mean, you know, again, we already know the, the personnel that the Steelers have, but having him in the mix definitely elevates the team. And that offensive line is playing really good football uh, for Big Ben. And when you give him time, he's just capable of putting on performance like he did on Sunday. I mean, this is the second-ranked offense now in the NFL. So, absolutely, I, I don't see why that would uh, continue. My only concern about the Steelers is definitely not offensive side of the ball. It's not Big Ben. It's not any, anyone uh, on that side of the ball. It's, it's the defense. And I'm still encouraged by that because Ike Taylor is set to come back this upcoming uh, week. Uh, we still have Jarvis Jones set to come back a couple of weeks. And, and Ryan Shazier came back and played a big role getting to the face uh, with blitz pressures on, on Andrew Luck and also in coverage um, causing some issues. So yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, you're doing fine with the Big Ben stuff because Hey, he deserves all the accolades this week. But you gave up 34 points to the to the Colts, um, and you were home. Um, I mean, that's the first ranked know. offense in the NFL scoring offense. You're going to get a points to Andrew Luck. It just kind of is what it is. I well, mean, but, that, you know, well, but don't dismiss it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, they're the first ranked. Okay, you still gave up 34 points to the Colts. So I wouldn't go tooting your defense horn yet until they stop a team like the Colts and hold them to 17 or 20. Then I'd say, okay, you give up 34 points. There's nothing to be proud about. You just happen to be happen to be on a good day for your offense, who was in complete sync and played out of their mind. But like I said, you give up 34 points in most games in the NFL, you're gonna lose. I just I think you're well, okay. With Touting the offense, I would slow your roll on the defense. He still threw for 400 yards on your defense. He did, but he did throw two interceptions. I'm not saying the defense uh, is going to play great for the rest of the season, but I'm encouraged because it was a sign of life defensively getting those turnovers that were highly crucial in winning this game. One of them went for a touchdown. Uh, and so, I mean, at my first press. You're the only guy in the world that can defense. look at a 34 point performance and find optimism. Okay. Uh, again, I mean, listen, they got pressure on what they're moving the pocket. It was going to be a high-scoring game regardless because when you look at the first-ranked offense, second-ranked offense, going, or fourth-ranked offense at the time going head-to-head, they're going to put up points. And I, listen, first thing I told you was that I'm way more concerned with the defense uh, than anything. But they still got their work cut out for them. But, again, um, seeing some signs of life, and we had some guys, key players coming back defensively on that side of the ball. Mm. All right, let's bring on our other host. He's here with us, EAFL Super Bowl one winner. 
Um, probably, probably a man with a lot to say in his own right. He wasn't on the show last week, and uh, or he was briefly, and then uh, unfortunately, um, a week later, uh, things have not gotten any better over in Chicago. So we're definitely gonna gonna uh, be picking his brain on his thoughts on Marshall Cutler, Trustman, and the Chicago Bears. But in the meantime, let's welcome the man with the philosophy, Doctor Train, back with us for the whole show. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Team K Star JV, what's up, man? Thank you. Feeling good, man. How are you? I'm good, bro. Uh, It'll never be better. Oh boy. Now I know how you felt last week, K Star. Good God, I know how you felt, man. (laughs) Man. Uh, Let me also take a minute to say hi to mom. She's out there listening. Uh, So, what's up, mom? Yep. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so anyway what up mom so um all right so um yeah uh, uh jb you've heard the entire train you caught some of it k-star's rant if you will for lack of a better word on the steelers what are your thoughts is k-star on to something here or is he is he bloviating is he just taking you know a great game and really running too far with it jb what are your thoughts well, he's uh, somewhere in between. Uh, first off, I'm going to stick with what I said about the last three minutes of that uh, first half where they had three turnovers and turned them in touchdowns. I have yet to see that happen still. So, yeah, that was a fluke. In regards to last week, this past Sunday, Ben played out of his mind. I, I give him all the credit in the world. He played out of his mind. He stepped it up to a level that I didn't think he was going to be able to do at this juncture of the season given the, the uh, amount of – adversity that they've had to endure. So I give them, give them 100% props. The one thing I, I will agree with you on, K-Star, is uh, Martavius Bryant. I will, I will give you credit for that because he played with Sammy Watkins at Clemson. And being down here in the southeast, I got to see him quite a bit. And he was almost as if he was in the shadows of Sammy Watkins. Everybody knew he – if Sammy went out, he, everybody knew he was going to be the man. And he was kind of forgotten because he had the the four-game suspension, I believe. He was out for the first four games. And now he's really come on. And I thought that uh, Wheaton was going to be the one to be on the other side of um, Antonio Brown. And it might be Bryant that's the one. So I will give you uh, credit on that on that observation as well. I, I think he's going to be something special. At least he has the potential to be something special. But, T, to your point, you still gave up 34 that's number one. Number two, you're at home. Number three, you still have a ton of divisional games. And as we saw last night, divisional games mean something. Throw the mm-hmm. records out the window. Throw mm-hmm. the, the type of play you've had up until that point out the window. You've already split with Cleveland, and you got a ton of other divisional games yet to be played and on the road. So you're somewhere in the middle. I think they're they're – finding their groove, if you will, but I'm not ready to break out the anointing oil on this team just yet because there's too much football left to be played in that division, especially given the amount of talent in that division. Well said, JB. I mean, JB hit it right on point. There's a lot of division games, and nobody in that division is stepping up and taking that division. Nobody. Everybody has had their flash, and everybody has had their, their, you know, 
we don't know what team is this. All four of these teams. So it's really at this point any team's division. I got you know in my opinion any team, particularly in that division more than any other division in football. I think any one of those four teams could step up. You know you can look at every team. You can look at AJ Green coming back. You can look at the the um, Ravens and and their championship you know uh, pedigree. You can look at the Browns and Josh Gordon coming back. And you know is Hoyer going to stay the man or are they going to bring in Manziel? We don't know. I mean, I mean every and, and and the Steelers get some players coming back. Big Ben's playing well. You've got the other wide receivers stepping up. Um, you know, you, you got a good running game. So I mean, every team in that division could 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 kick it in. Doctor Train, I know you heard some of K Star's comments. Your thoughts on the Steelers and their re, their resurgence with two straight victories? Well, I, I will I will still give them credit for an impressive victory against. Uh, uh, the Colts, as far as outscoring them, because that's what you have. That's what you have to do. Uh, but you know, I would just take Big Ben's on on words and just not get too high off winning in this form, because he said it himself. It's everything just clicked for them for this for this game, and sometimes it's like that. Um, but you, like JB said, you got a lot of football to play, and this is not who you were prior to this. I wouldn't expect it moving. You can take some positives. Of course, you can take some positives from the offensively, <laughs> but defensively, all together, you you have to get it together. Thirty-four points is a lot of points, and normally you 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 allow that many points, you normally lose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. That did, on the bright side, uh, QBR for looked twenty-eight point three. They did get, cause a safety. They did score a touchdown. They did get a couple stops. Um, I still don't think we're giving up Big Ben enough credit. This was an all-time, one of the best passing performances in NFL history. Statistically, uh, just from an eyeball standpoint, this dude was literally on fire. Um, Not even sacked once. And, you know, Antonio Brown, this guy is just incredible. He might be the best receiver in the game today, the way he is playing. No one can stop him, it seems, from week to week. There's the consistency there. And while they're all deadlocked right now, uh, Baltimore's coming to Pittsburgh this Sunday night, uh, which should be one hell of a game, but I I just don't see how moving forward, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get that that respect to the point where you know the, it, you don't lean that way, thinking that you know the Steelers are probably going to win this division just based on the fact that oh yeah by the way they're, they're, this offense is pretty great and they they this is a team that's that's got some well it's the same reason why it's the same reason why apple doesn't taste like an orange it's a different team you're going to be playing you're not playing the coach again for the rest of the season. And if you play no, the second time, you wouldn't get the same. You wouldn't get the same outcome. It's the same reason why an apple don't taste like an orange. Man, I may have to steal that. I like that. That was good. I like that one. That was good. Wait a minute. That was a, hold on. I got to give you something for that one, man. That was a good one. I like that. Where'd it go? Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Man, you know, the Madden voice, we get we get the best ones here. Jay a few couple weeks ago said, Man, you trying to that's a bit of a stretch like a like a gymnast or something like that. He said, Y'all got some good ones, I gotta admit. I gotta admit. Um same reason why an apple don't taste like an orange. Um case I'll just say this. Um You're riding high, I know, I've been there. And you got the Ravens coming into town mm-hmm. next week. And if you get blown out by the Ravens, then what? And I'm not saying it's, it's not happening. happening. But, 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 see, you're saying it's not happening. 
And I'm saying it could happen because that's the division. That's what happens. And, and, and these teams, more than any previous year, all four of these teams can beat up on each other. So you just got to be careful making your – I don't understand why the Steelers wouldn't be the favorite to win the division. When just two weeks ago, even you said I can't defend Tomlin anymore. Even you were down just two games that, ago. Just two. That, no, I, I could I could defend the loss to the Browns and the Buccaneers. Those are some awful losses. They were embarrassing. And no, I couldn't defend it. And, I still and can't you said I can't defend, defend Tomlin any longer. Not for, so, not for that loss right there. No, that was embarrassing. And just as the Bucs game – Listen, don't you try to twist my words. I, I love. I'm my, not twisting my, your words. I'm telling you what my, you did a whole rant on it. I can't defend Tomlin yeah, anymore. Yeah. You agreed you with Commissioner D that Tomlin was coaching for his job. Yes, and those type of losses were, are unacceptable. But that's my and point. It was you've just seen two the team games respond, ago. though. You've seen the team respond since then, and they're they're completely flying high. And, and my point my that, point my point, K Star. Is I haven't said that your team hasn't responded. I didn't say that your team isn't playing better football since then. I'm saying that in two weeks, you've gone from Tom agreeing with me that Tomlin was coaching for his job, that I said the week before, and then you came on this show and said that I was right and you can't defend him anymore. In two games, only two, only two, with eight games to play, two games later, you've completely turned it around. So all I'm saying is, in two weeks, you went from the bottom of the ship to riding high. And in two weeks, you could be right back on the bottom. If they get blown up by the Ravens and then lose their next game, you could be right back saying, I don't know what to think of this team. So be careful. They're playing well offensively. We'll see what the defense can do because I think Steeler teams that win championships have done so with good offenses and great defenses. You don't have a great defense right now. So let's see what happens. And, and need I remind y'all that that division is the only one where everyone is above 500. Going to be a tight race. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I, I do want to say that I do think Cleveland is in trouble. They're, they can't run the ball anymore since the house back injury. I think they're going to fade. Uh, but we'll see. And also, this, yeah. same, this, this Colts defense the same defense that absolutely just smothered and shut out the Bengals offense, um, only allowing 182 yards passing uh, yards per game going into this. So uh, I, it, the thing about the Ravens is, as you know, as good as they, as they played for the first half of the season, they they have some injury concerns now looming on their end. They just lost Jimmy Smith, who's been playing on a Pro Bowl level cornerback, out for three weeks, and now he's uh, the Ravens have to send their second-string guy at, at Antonio Brown. So, you know, he's looking at his chops and I can't yeah, well, I saw a rookie do a pretty good job on Des Bryant last night. So I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we I mean, you know, you know, and Des is Des is a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and that rookie did a pretty good job on him last night. So I mean, let you know, let's see how it plays out. On paper, the way it should be is not always what happens in the NFL. You know, um, absolutely speaking of, not. Speaking of. Uh, um, Cowboys, I see uh, my my hater, my number one hater is on, so I'm going to pull him on because I wasn't really going to talk Cowboys <laughs> now, but since he's on the line, I'm going to bring Mr. Randy Garcia on the show. Randy, <laughs> as everyone knows, is a friend of the show and is the cousin to uh, former New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez, and he's been on the show a few times with some uh, Aaron updates. And uh, I put out a challenge to him and any other hater to come on the show 
and uh, talk, <laughs> come at me, come at me, Commissioner T, about my Cowboys. Because, you know, these guys got a lot to say on Facebook when the Cowboys lose. It's just funny how when they win and I don't hear anything. It's crickets. It's, <laughs> it's tumbleweeds flowing through. But as soon as they lose, everybody's got a post. Everybody's got a graphic. Everybody's got something to say. So, uh, Mr. Garcia, what you got? What you got to say? I'm gonna I'm give you the floor, man. What you got to say about my comment? <laughs> How you doing, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Mad Welcome Voice. Back, man. All right. Uh, well, first off, you know, I, I, I give props where props is due. I mean, I am a cowboy hater, and I always will be. <laughs> But, you know, last night, and last night's game, it's like uh, you said, T, um, those rivalry games can go either way. Mm. You know, just happened last night that it went in Washington's favor. Mm. But, you know, I, if, if you guys really watched the game last night, I mean, um, I, I think Dallas got exposed a little bit on the offensive side of the ball because every time Washington blitzed yesterday, Tony was getting hit. Mm. They couldn't pick up the blitz, and and you know we're gonna find out in the coming weeks what what this offensive line is really made of. There's no problem with them running the ball because they can run the ball, but when they needed a big play, they couldn't get one last night, and it was because I think Washington exposed them with that blitz. Now they got Arizona coming in next week, which uh, is, is gonna is on a cloud nine right now. They're playing good football. They like the blitz. The mm. Eagle defense also likes the blitz. They got a mm. Bears team that's not too bad. I mean, they weren't prepared for that New England game, but they're another team that likes the blitz also. So we're going to mm. find out in mm. these coming weeks if mm. the Dallas Cowboys are for real mm-hmm. or are they not. They got Jacksonville, mm. which is a, 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 a kind of like a giveaway win. Um, mm. But the next mm. out of six out of seven games that they got left, out of eight mm. games that they got left are tough mm. ball games. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna find out what they're made mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, you ain't gonna pick up the book right. last night. That's definitely right, true. Right, right. Wait, 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 wait! I can't start. Stay out of this. Right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Don't jump in here. Are, are you done, Randy? Are you done? <laughs> yes, Did you yes, I am. You say, okay. Yes, I um, am. For, first of all, you know, let me take you to school. Um, blitz pickup is not an offensive line issue. So there was no exposure to the offensive line. Blitz pickup. When people are blitzing, they're overloading the offensive line. So that's where your running back, your tight ends have to make the pickup. That's where your quarterback has to call a hot reads, get the ball out of his hands quicking. It is not an offensive line issue. So let me just teach you that about pro football because evidently, you know, <laughs> I, I, you, you need a little lesson there. So, so the offensive line was not exposed, uh, number one. Number two, if the offensive line was exposed, then why is DeMarco Murray running 19 times for 140? yards. There's no exposure to the offensive line. First of all, um, what I will I will say is for the first time that that I've seen since Garrett was a head coach, um, the Cowboys were confused by blitzing. And normally, and I've seen every game these guys have played for many many years. If you blitz Dallas with Romo back there too many times, he makes you pay. And that's what I kept waiting for. And for some inexplicable reason to me he just was confused back there last night I don't know what it was I can't answer that question because I'm not a coach I'm not a player I'm not on the sidelines I'm a fan sitting on my couch watching the game like all of you I can't tell you why 
I can only tell you that I'm not worried about the Cardinals or any other team blitzing based on the history of what Romo normally does when he gets blitzed too much. And normally what he does is he'll make you pay. That's what I expected. I expected Romo to make the, the Redskins pay. And for some reason last night, communication, I don't really know why. Um, he didn't make them pay. And in the end, he paid because he got hit pretty good and had to, uh, uh, you know, leave the game and come back. And we're going to talk a little bit about those decisions. But, um, but, 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 you know, but I have you on. You made a comment that I have to call you out on. You said if the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals, then we're a fluke. That yes. was your statement. Okay. So, so first of all, the team won six in a row. Okay. No other team in the NFL right now has a six game has had a six game winning streak. Nobody, not even not even the Broncos. Okay, so the Cowboys, the only team in the NFL with a six game winning streak. So they lose to a division rival. Done. Now they have a six and one team, number one in their division, by all accounts, top five team in the NFL, coming in to Dallas, and if they lose to a six and one team that just beat the Eagles. Right? If they right. lose to that team, who everyone thinks is a pretty good team, if they lose to that team, they're a fluke. So if they lose and go 6-3, six, six and three, and you just said they got the Jaguars after that, give me win. I don't think there's any such thing. But just just using your own words. So that would mean going into their body, 7-3. and three. And you would call that team at 7-3, and three, a team who's been 8-8, eight 8-8, and 8-8, eight, eight and 8-8. Eight, eight and eight, and then they go into their bye at seven and three, and you would say that's a fluke. Well, let me reward that. Let me re- reward that a little bit. <laughs> what I meant to say about being a fluke is, I think if Arizona beats them, I think they're going to have problems come playoff time. I didn't say they were a playoff picture. They were a playoff team. I'm just saying they're a fluke as far as when they get to the playoff and they play these tough teams. Where they have to adjust and everything, it's gonna it's gonna be a whole different story. So if they lose to Arizona, doesn't matter how they lose, doesn't matter the way they lose, doesn't matter what the score is, just a loss to Arizona. I'm just making sure I understand you. A loss to Arizona means they're still going to the playoffs, but they're gonna have a tough time. We don't even know who they're playing in the playoffs. We don't even know if they're going in as the number one seed, number six seed, division winner, wild card. We don't even know that yet because we still got eight, seven more weeks to go. But you're yes, saying you if do. you lose. They lose next week, and then they go to the playoffs. They're just going to have a problem. We just know that. Yeah. Yes, because I do believe, and this is why I say this, I do believe that in that NFC, uh, I'd say maybe that I, I believe that there are four or five teams that are better than Dallas in that NFC, regardless of the record. Regardless of the record. There's still four or five teams in that NFC, and I'm, I'm putting Green Bay in there. I'm putting uh, uh, San Francisco, who already beat them. I'm, I'm putting, uh, uh, even though they lost to Seattle, Seattle's in a little spiral right now. I still think uh, powerful plus Seattle still got a football team in them. Green Bay's got a better football team than them. Yeah. Yeah. them. I think it's going to be tough mm. for the Cowboys. Mm. I, I think it's a one and done. You make the playoffs and you're out. Mm, okay, and 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 this is why I love haters because 
You make a statement halfway through the regular season that has absolutely no basis in reality because we're halfway through the season. But if we make the playoffs, we're one and done. We don't even know what's going to happen. Eight games to play. We don't even know how those games are going to play out. Eight games ago, would you have had Dallas at 6-2? and two? Nope. Would you have nope. had Dallas going to Seattle? And I don't want to hear that Seattle's not the same team. When Dallas went to Seattle, they were 3-1. and one. Okay? Nobody knew Seattle was who they are today. And even who they are today is not a bad team. With that defense, who, by the way, likes to blitz, and it's a very physical defense, and Dallas went in there and manhandled them. But now if they lose to Arizona, all of a sudden the season's over. They might make the playoffs. But like, Come on, Randy. Come on, man. You should be the next one on Monday Night Football's Come on, man, because you make no sense, brother. You my man, man. I honestly support you, your family. I hope Aaron gets out of jail and can get back in the NFL. I'm with you, brother. But when you analyze the team, and you hate the team. You are letting it cloud your reasonable judgment of the game pro football. And that's what you're doing right now. You already have the Cowboys one and done. And, they, and first of all, let us get to the playoffs, first of all. But you're right. There's a lot of good games coming up. There's a lot of tough games coming up. So, obviously, if the Cowboys win some of those games, they're going to beat some pretty good teams. But you're already saying they'd be one and done after beating some of those same teams that you said were going to be very tough and getting into the playoffs. Come on, bruh. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave you guys with this thought, and, and then you guys can, can you K-Star, and you guys can talk about it among yourselves. Like I said, I still think there's four or five teams in that NFC that are a better team than Dallas, regardless of the record. And I think these teams will get better, and will get better than Dallas. But but my, um, my wife said, <laughs> and I'm quoting her on this, and she said, um, Tell the fellas that she still thinks that Philly's the best team in the NFC East and Philly will win that division. Okay. Hey, that's you know what? She's made more sense in three seconds than you made in the last five minutes. So hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad you know, that's not a bad conclusion. A lot of people think Philly's and, gonna win that division. And she's There's a bad yeah. so, hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe you should hey. sit down with your wife and, and let her teach you a little bit about football, Randy. <laughs> she's a she's a Dolphins fan, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's too bad. All right. Well, hey, man. Uh, thanks for coming on to the show. We appreciate it. No doubt. And, I'm here uh, every. I love I love the show. I love hearing you guys talk football. And then I'm always going to be a Cowboy hater. And as far as the Steelers are concerned, they looked good. Um, uh, they looked pretty good. And uh, this, it's a black and blue division. There, it's up for grabs. Anybody can win that. This is true. Very, very true. Big Ben has something to say, though, as we saw on Sunday, so we'll see how it goes. Yes. Give me another night from him. Well, when my Raiders win one game, then I'll shout you guys out. We won't hold our Yeah, we we got to talk to you next season, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a different show. That's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good All night. Right, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Randy Garcia, cousin of Aaron Hernandez, friend of the show, calling in and showing, um, you know, why he should watch more football. Um, <laughs> we love you, Randy. We should pick up. Hold on, let's pick up on it though. Let's pick up on it though, because I want there, there were some warts in that game. Obviously, I mean they lost, but there are some reasons that you know maybe some Dallas fans should be concerned. Durant, what from what I heard is that apparently out for the season. Uh, I just learned that a couple about an hour ago. That's a brutal blow defensively, as you guys 
have already had a tremendous amount of injuries in that side of the ball. Uh, Roman got folded up like a pretzel, and uh, that's never a good thing. And but, I mean, the one point he did, you know, touch on was the fact that you guys really could not pass protect him. It was very weird. Uh, the fact that those blitzes kept coming in at home on 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 Romo. I'm not sure what it's up with Murray not being able to take up a delay blitz at all, but. Yeah, Romo was getting killed out there, and that's the concern because his, this guy just had a back surgery, and he goes in there, and if you can't right, protect well, well, him, you're 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 hitting multiple points. Can we do it one point at a time? Because you're hitting. No, no, let, 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 let him hit the multiple points because I can come back with those. Because I'll take a page out of his book and say we got Demarcus Lawrence coming back from the foot injury soon, so he'll help out with the pass rush. In terms of looking at the game and worrying about the blitz project. The one thing that nobody has talked about with this whole offensive line and not being able to pick up the blitz is the the cornerbacks actually did a solid job. That's why I was, yeah, so, I was just going to touch on the fact that Des Bryant, a lot of the reasons why I don't think he could because Des Bryant couldn't beat that rookie cornerback last time. He was giving him hell. That's yeah, that's my, it's not about the offensive line didn't know how to handle it. It's more than just the offensive line when you're talking about a blitz package. When you got a hot route, and your corner cornerback is jumping that route, you've got nobody to throw to, so you gotta eat the ball. That's not just the offensive line, that's that's all the well, you let me finish my point. You said let me finish my point and you just went ahead and interjected. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying that it was definitely a surprise last night that Des Bryant could not beat that rookie consistently. I'm not sure what that guy's name is, but that kid looked good on the Redskins side of the ball. And here comes Patrick Peterson, maybe if non Tango Cromarty. So, I mean, even well, well, one thing Randy did have all twisted was the fact that it, even if the Cowboys lose to Arizona, it's not the end of the world either because Arizona's a really good team, and here's your bye week coming up, perfect timing for that to happen. And, oh, by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars were right on deck uh, for you guys to feast on. So that was kind of ridiculous. You guys will – it doesn't matter what the outcome of this game as far as the projections for you guys the rest of the season. I think the injury is a big concern that they're doing. I mean, that that can be said about any football team out there. I mean, you look at the Giants, they've, they've got injuries. Beast is going to be out for a while. That's not the whole season. You've got, even on your team, the Steelers, you've got a lot of injuries. Injuries, that's part of the game. Next man has to step up. As far as next yeah. week's game, you know, the the Niners had their, their fun in the sun. Cowboys came back, fixed the issues, and went on and went six straight. Who said the same can't be said when the Cardinals come to town? Well, let me let me let me address Justin Durant. I mean, yeah, he's a team leading tackler, um, and you know clearly that that's uh, is some big shoes to fill. Um, and so was Sean Lee. Sean Lee was big shoes to fill. Um, people said that Jason Hatcher would be big shoes to fill. People said Jay Ratliff would be big shoes to fill. Demarcus Ware. I mean, it's what you do in pro football. And we went out, and Justin Durant was a guy that came in. And, you know, we didn't know he was going to be this good this year. Um, Kyle Wilbur is going to come in and take his spot, and Wilbur's played some pretty good ball. Hitchens is going to come in. He's played some pretty good ball. No one knew Rolando McClain was going to be as good as he was. Bruce Carter is back. So, you know, when you lose a player, let's wait and see what any team does before you start to say, oh, my God, what are you going to do? Well, let's wait and see. Because every team, as Jay very eloquently just said, has injuries. And next man up. And I think the Cowboys have shown, particularly on defense this year, under Marinelli's leadership, that that philosophy is alive and well. We lost our first-round draft pick, um, uh, Mo Claiborne. Now people say, well, he wasn't really playing that well. Well, you know, I, I, I'd say he had a role on this team. 
And I'd say I wish we had him now because there was a few plays that played by the cornerbacks um, last night that, you know, I don't know that Mo would have gave up, you know, in the first round draft pick. So, you know, it's always the next man up philosophy. So let's just see what happens. And and I don't think that this team, you know, based on, I mean, you know, they gave up, they held the, they, this, this, this defense held the Redskins to 17 points in regulation. Most of the time, if the Cowboys can hold the team to 17, the offense is going to score more than that and win. Most of the time. Last night wasn't the case, but that's the exception. Cowboys were averaging 26 points a game before last night. So I, I think the defense is going to be okay. I'm more concerned about Tony Romo and his health. And really, that's it. The other thing about last night's game that um, I, I want to point out to UK star, and I've been waiting for this all day. You and I got into it pretty heavy that Romo wasn't an MVP, can, MVP candidate because he's being asked to do less. That was your that was your contention. He he he's asked to do less, and he's not even the MVP on his team. Demarco Murray is, and he doesn't have to do as much. So you know, I don't I don't think he's an MVP candidate. And I pointed out how well he had been playing, and you diminished it like, well, he's throwing the ball less, less, you know, attempts, da da da. Um, did last night change your mind on that? Is the importance of Tony Romo to that team? Demarco Murray had 141 yards rushing, 19 carries, 141 yards. Now, I will be the first one to say they should have ran him even more than that. But, but that said, do you now see my point of how important Tony Romo, a healthy effective Tony Romo is to that team because if Romo played anything like he had been playing the previous six games last night's game is, is not even close he was off his game last night for whatever reason I don't know why and you see the result even with DeMarco Murray running and don't let's don't say because he had the 50-yard run because you take that away he still got 18 carries for 90 yards so he still had an effective rushing game and yet we still needed Romo to do what Romo does. And when he couldn't, what happens? You lose to a 2-5 a and five team, a desperate 2-5 and five division rival at home because your quarterback wasn't playing to the level he had been playing the previous six and a half games. Do you see my point now? Uh, I never said Romo wasn't playing well or that that wasn't important. I, I was disputing the fact that he was MVP of the team and let alone the NFL. And of course, you were diminishing his contribution. I want to understand, are you putting that game on Romo, that, that loss from last night? Uh, it's a team loss. I don't know that I'm blaming it on Romo, but I don't understand offensively why the team had a problem with the blitz. So that's one problem I have. Um, I think that if I'm if I'm Jason Garrett and Brandon Whedon comes in and scores 10 points in two drives and Tony Romo fights to come back in, I'm not sure that I put Tony back in. I think I'm sticking with the hot hand. Tony's a $108 million man. He's a franchise. He's a face of the, of the organization. I get that. But this guy comes in off the bench and scores 10 points. Scored more than Tony did. I, I think I'm telling Tony, hang tight a minute. Let's give this guy one more drive. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's another reason, but you know, when you go into overtime and they score a field goal, so a field goal ties and a touchdown wins and your first play is a run for eight yards. And then the next three are passes and you're out of there and the game's over. 
I have a huge problem with that, and I don't know who to blame. I don't know if that was Tony. I don't know if that was um, Linehan, offensive coordinator, play caller. But there's a problem when your first play is a run for eight yards, and then you throw, throw, throw. Yeah, I got a problem with that. And I don't know who to blame, and I've been researching it as much as I could. I don't know, but that's a problem for me. And to me, after everything else that we can look at, DeMarco Murray fumble, Joseph Randall's fumble, you know, all the stuff that we can look at, that right there, to me, the game was handed to you right there. You got a great stop on defense. They gave up. You, you got a field goal instead of giving up a touchdown. And now all you got to do is drive the ball and at least get a field goal to keep the game alive, but get in that end zone with all the weapons you have. And how do you stop a blitz? Well, run right at it. Run right at it. And your first run is eight yards, and you don't run again. I, I have a huge problem with that, a huge problem. If I can get past everything else in that game. Huh? So they should have given the ball to the MVP, to Marco Murray. Uh, on that drive, absolutely. On that particular drive, absolutely. Particularly <laughs> after he got eight yards in the first run, absolutely. And after the and after the injury, it just seemed ridiculous anyway to put Romo in that position to where he, you know, would have to end up passing like that when he was clearly ailing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard, I've heard both sides of the discussion i've heard both sides of the conversation i've heard um he's the he, he's your franchise quarterback he plays well when he's hurt he's come back he's got the most fourth quarter comebacks in the last three or four years whatever and he's the guy he's your quarterback he's you know um and you want a guy who's getting paid at that salary to not just say oh, okay fine i'll sit out what you want is a guy to come off the bench or come out of the locker room and say um yeah I'm going to go in and play. It's my team. So I get that. I don't disagree with that. I love Tony Romo, and I, and, I, and I respect his toughness for that. You know, he, to me, in my opinion, he is at Big Ben level for toughness. And Big Ben, to me, is the cover boy for tough quarterbacks. And I mean that. I'm not just blowing smoke. And I think Tony is at that same level. Guys play with broken ribs and punctured lungs, and I think he's at the same level. But that said. He is. He is. But that said. Just with the flow of the game and what Whedon did, they had no film on him. He came in and he did some things. And I just think at that moment you say, Tony, hang tight. Let's give the kid one more drive. You know he scored 10 points while you're in the locker room. Maybe he, let's see what he can do here. And you give him another – I just think you just give him another drive. I, that's yeah, just my opinion. Well. J, JB, your thoughts? Um, actually, I'm, I'm surprised, T, that you would go there because normally you would say the guy is healthy, he's cleared medically, put him in. But I do see where you're coming from because even as I was watching it, I had the same thought process in mind. The guy is producing, and um, nobody expected him to go out there and be able to actually throw and throw effectively. Um, and he did put up some points. I, I, you know, for me, I think it's six on one, half a dozen on the other. Me personally... I have no problem with Romo going back in. Um, it's got nothing to do with the fourth quarter comeback. It's got nothing to do with the toughness. It's just the fact that it's your number one quarterback. He's medically cleared to play. Play him. But I can see both sides of that argument. You know, and, and Jay, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it, it's really – I think either way you lose. And, you know, if Romo came in and win the game, am I still saying this? Well, maybe not. 
if Whedon, uh, if they kept Whedon in and then he lost, am I saying you should have put Romo in? Well, maybe I am. Okay, so I might be the quintessential Monday morning quarterback right now looking at it in retrospect. Um, but I got to say, when Romo was coming back out there, my first thought was, He's campaigning awful hard to get back in the game. Are they really going to put him in? Because Whedon, Whedon's doing some stuff right now. And I, and if you guys will remember preseason, when I saw Whedon play, I said, wow, Whedon showing me stuff I didn't think he could do. I wasn't really impressed with him at Cleveland. And when I saw him in the preseason, I was like, wow, some mobility. He's got an arm. I mean, wow. Um, so, so I, 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 Jay, I don't disagree with you. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just saying it would have been interesting to see if we had stayed in the game. Or, you know, is it a different conversation? That's yep. that's all. Yep. That's but, all. And, and I, I can't disagree with that one either. I think the one thing we both can agree on, and I think uh, we're not in the minority with this, is that we may actually have a pretty capable backup. I know we saw a small sample, but... That's all we got to go on. Obviously, we're going to set the preseason along with it. But in the event that Romo goes down for whatever reason, maybe we have a, a little bit more confidence than what we initially thought going into the season with the backup in case uh, Tony gets hurt, especially when Kyle Orton decided to retire and then come out of retirement and go to the Bills. I think folks are a little skeptical. Who is, is Whedon really going to be able to back up Romo if he goes down with an injury? And maybe, maybe he could. I want to caution you right now. We'll see. If Tony Romo goes down for any length of time, I, I the Cowboys aren't going to be a playoff team. Brandon Whedon is truly, truly inconsistent. Like he is the epitome of inconsistent. I watch him play a lot because he, you know, he played for the Browns. Uh, I, I'm concerned about Romo's back because when he got hit last night, after, as soon as I saw him, like, wow, that looked really bad. He didn't even move. Uh, I'm not sure if the MRI results have come in or not, but I, again, I just. Calm down the brain and we didn't think he played well last night, but I wouldn't just well, well, think that let's, let's, he's... let's 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 be careful with you see a quarterback on one team and they go to another team and you think they're the same quarterback. Different system, different coach. You have a head coach who was a quarterback in this league for a very long time. That matters. Coaching matters. You've got I agree. I'll just try and caution. Got, well, I I'm not I'm not I, hey listen. I'm not saying Whedon can go in, and I, don't, I know Jay's not. So we're not saying put Whedon in over Romo. What we're saying is if Romo can't do it, could Whedon come in and win some games? I, I think we feel the, you know, we felt Orton could come in and win some games. I think we're saying that so could Whedon. Whedon could is Whedon going to take us all the way to the Super Bowl? Well, you know, hey, but could he come in and win some games if Romo? If they decide tomorrow that Romo's out for a couple weeks with the back, and they're saying it's not the surgically repaired part of the back, and they're optimistic, but I still haven't heard definitively yet. Um, but let's just say, hey, you know, they know a bye week's coming up. You've got Arizona and you've got um, Jacksonville in a bye week. So say they say, listen, we're going to go ahead and take and keep Romo out for three weeks and bring him back after the bye. I think Jay is saying, and I agree, that we could bring in Whedon and he can patch the hole for a couple of weeks and we could still be competitive in some games. And that's really what your backup's supposed to do. He's not supposed to come in and, you know, this isn't, this isn't you know, the Redskins or anything. That's what you want your backup to do. And I think Whedon's capable of doing that. Beyond that, I don't know. 
I agree with you. He was inconsistent in Cleveland, but Cleveland's system was different. They didn't have DeMarco Murray. They didn't have that offensive line. They didn't have Jason Garrett, quarterback guy as a head coach. Bill Callahan, offensive line coach, former head coach. Scott Linehan, passing coordinator, offense coordinator, also former head coach. So you've got three head coaches running that offense. If there's anybody that can get a backup quarterback ready to win some games. And remember that Roma was out pretty much all of preseason. So Whedon got a lot of play, a lot of play. And Romo's been taking a practice day off every week, and Whedon's been getting first-team snaps during the week where most quarterbacks, the backup doesn't get any first-team snaps. Whedon has had one day every week of all first-team snaps, and I think that showed yesterday. So I think we can be cautiously optimistic if Romo is out. That said, we want Tony in there. Okay, let's not, let's not make no mistake about it. We want our franchise quarterback in there. Let's go to the phones. Exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, let's not go to the phones. I think that's just train switching over. Sorry, Dr. Train. But, but got on t- to get back to what you were saying, I've yep, been uh, very, very quiet listening to everything y'all saying about these Cowboys. <laughs> We're going to get you on. We're going to get you going. We're going to let you chime in about the Cowboys. I would like, like to comment, though. Um, as far as that game, um, the only thing that perplexed me, only two things that perplexed me in that game was their inability to uh, counter the blitz and the fact that they didn't run uh, DeMarco Murray in overtime. But as far as people being concerned with the Cowboys moving forward, uh, not much will change. They play the division rival, and sometimes they can get the best of you. And when they talk about a defense where they just lost a guy that was leading the team in tackles, I don't think people know this, but, you know, Rob Marinelli, he was defense coordinator in Chicago for a while. So what I saw last night, the same thing he same thing he teaches, he taught the guys here in Chicago. All 11 guys to the ball. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what string you, what first, second, third string. It doesn't matter. Just get to the ball. So it doesn't matter who they replace Dunbar with. They'll be trained to get to the ball, and he's all. Their defense is already playing pretty okay with a bunch of people we don't even know. So I really just expect that to uh, to continue. How much nostalgia yeah. are you watching that defense play with? By the way, just just missing Rod Marinelli and uh, his contributions to the Bears. Ryan, that's that's on you. What, what did he say? I said, how much nostalgia were you watching with last night, just this whole season, seeing how successful Robin Marinelli's been, and how much do you miss his contribution to the Chicago Bears defense? Well, I wish we could have retained him, but he wanted to be a head coach. Uh, he felt slighted to try to come in to be the defense coordinator of a new coach. He had loyalty to Lovey Smith. So what's, what's cool is that <laughs> when I watch him, I'm just like, man, that used to be our defense. So, it it came to Chicago, but it didn't. Well, before we before we get to the Bears, because that's our next topic. Jay, did you want to? I think you had a, uh, another comment on the Cowboys. Well, I just wanted to jump in and, and say real quick that you know I'm not saying that Whedon is going to take us to the promised land or anything like that. I'm just saying that 
at least to be able to hold the fort down until Romo comes back. Do we want Romo in there? Of course. I mean, that's bar none. That'd be foolish and foolhardy to say anything otherwise. I just want to make sure that it's understood that I feel like he can at least hold the fort for the meantime until Romo gets back. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and my last comment, at least for now, we may get back to this before the show's over, but um, actually, you know what, I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that. That might be part of one of our individual segments later. Um, let's, let's, um, let's, let's move on to the Bears, because Dr. Train wasn't with us long last week, and, you know, he had some sharp words for the Bears um, after, their, after their loss last week and said that he had no problem with Brandon Marshall and Brandon Marshall's comments. Uh, certainly Brandon Marshall did not back away. I watched his interview on um, that night, actually Tuesday night, on uh, Inside the NFL, and um, he he stood by his, his comments. Um, and, and now we have, you know what, I'm not taping Inside the NFL right now, and it just came on. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Okay, Um now we have a week. Another week has gone by, and it seems that things have gone from bad to worse in Chicago. Uh, Tom Brady just went crazy on the Bears. Um, there's there's just a lot of scuttlebutt and talk about problems in Chicago with Cutler and Tressman, and you know, and and you know, let's go to the Chicago Bear expert. Um, and what are your thoughts now? You know, on your team. They struggled so badly, and I guess it really wasn't the loss as much. It was just the fact that really they really didn't even seem to compete. Um, is this a Trestman issue? Is this a Cutler issue? Is this you know what's going on in Chicago, Train? We're not a good team right now, by the simple as I can put it to you. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's an everybody issue. Um, I'm trying to go as far as the GM, and I'm trying to see what could he have done, and honestly. I think Emory has done everything he could have done as far as getting players. His whole his his whole goal after last season was to make sure he had enough depth in every single position because he, he felt like he dropped the ball last season. So he went out and got everybody he could. He turned over every, every stone that he could to find players. Brought in depth. I think he did a, a pretty good job of bringing in depth. Now it's time for the coaches to coach him up. And now that I evaluate us at three and five, uh, I put a lot, put a lot of it. I definitely put a lot of it on the coaches. Uh, but at the same time, um, I do put some on the players as well. And everyone can scream Cutler, but if we get another quarterback, who's to say he's going to play better? I mean, when I see Cutler play, yeah, I see the bad things he do, but it, it, he's he's who we have. You you drop the money into his lap. Now it's time for him to play, and it's time for you to figure out how to give him to play better. That's what coaches are for. Uh, but the way we are losing games, to me, the arrow is pointing more to the coaches than it is to the players. Who who would like to um, refute, if there is a refute, Train's position? It's not Cutler. More the coaches than the players. I mean, we had – listen, Trespin looks fraudulent as a head coach. Let's be clear. He looks fraudulent. This is a guy who was supposed to fix the offense, and he certainly did a great job of last season. This year it's coming through like a static TV 
for trying to scrabble some porn up when you're a teenage kid, just trying, you know, just trying to make it happen. It's just coming and going. It's not consistent. And you know, Jay Cutler is the epitome of that. But it's it's the defense. The defense of Chicago is so god awful. They look like a JV team. The the Miami Dolphins ran them over. What the Patriots did was unacceptable. And you have players. What this is the worst part? You have players like Houston, Lamar Houston, celebrating down twenty some twenty four plus points after a sack, and then tearing his ACL celebrating for the season. Like what is going on? And then you have Brandon Marshall, who you know he stands by what he says. Well, how about he makes some plays as well? Because he's certainly not helping his quarterback out. He was targeted what ten times. I know he's going against Reeves, but my God, when's the last time he's made a play? What San Francisco? It wasn't coincidence they won that game when he had his three touchdowns. Where's he been? Now he's been hurt. But my God, it's just, the coaching has ridiculous, man. Like I, I feel bad for you, Train, because there's just so much talent, but it's just it, it looks like a JV team right now. I mean, you don't have you have a lot more questions with like no answers. And as far as the defense, yeah, the defense isn't. I wouldn't call it god awful. Uh, yeah, there were two quarterbacks this season that tore us apart: Aaron Rodgers and 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 Tom Brady. Um, but the offense is giving the defense no leverage, nothing to play with, none, not a single point. They're, they're not, you know, the offense. Even though offense don't play defense, offense can dictate what the other team does if they score. If they're matching it point for point, it can dictate something. And they're, they're not helping to dictate anything, special teams, nothing. So, yeah, the defense is going to look really bad. Everybody looks J- bad, in my opinion. Bad from top to bottom, to be honest with you. I remember we was on the show last week and even the week before, and we were talking about how Forte needs to get more involved in the offense. And if I remember correctly, he had over 100 yards in, in rushing and receiving, yet they still got blown out. So it, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad on both sides of the ball. It's collectively a, a team effort, and it's collectively, in this case, a team failure. Who's that fall on, though? Who does that fall on? That falls on the coaching side. It's just, trust me, it looks terrible. This has to be on it is well, the coaches because, in all in all honesty, I truly believe if Rod Marinelli was our defense coordinator, with the people we pulled in this year, there's no way that defense plays like that. No way, none. Agreed. Well, I don't know I mean, what Mel Tucker is doing, but those the secondary and the linebackers doing passing situations are standing in space, and receivers are wide open. It's like, who are you covering? What 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 kind of defense is this? To have one guy destroy you the entire game till they but, get tired of playing, man. I'm tired of scoring, so I'm finna go sit down. But but, but, but train, how how do you counter a team that has a juggernaut offense and you have an average defense? How do you counter that? Man, you send something they way they ain't never seen before. I mean, T just to take your game. Wait, 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 hold, hold, hold on. But that, that you're right. That's one way defensively. But your offense mm-hmm. has to get off the dime and do something too, though. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You, you, your offense. You, you have, you have, on paper, one of the more talented offenses in the NFL on paper. And yet Bye, again, probably. yeah, and and again, it's not getting done. Now, Trustman's an offensive quarterback. I mean, a coach. Okay, um, 
you know, I, I, I got to tell you something, man, and, and, and I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I, I no longer believe, completely, completely don't believe in Cutler. And it's not that he doesn't have the talent. That's not the issue. And that's never been my issue with Cutler. I remember you and I arguing about him not going back into the NFC Championship game years ago. Right? Remember that discussion we had? Mm-hmm. And I told you then, man, what's up with the heart, man? And you said, yeah, but if you can't play, you can't play. And I talked about how Big Ben went in and played with, you know, a torn ACL. And, you know, when you're the leader of that team, you know, this, that was my comparison, right? And then over the last couple of years, you know, your boy showed me a thing here or two. And I'm like, all right, maybe I was a little hard on him. No, I wasn't too, I wasn't too hard on him. I wasn't too hard on him. As a athlete who plays the quarterback position, the man is talented. As a leader, he has a lot to be desired. He's not sitting back there doing the Aaron Rodgers, relax. You're not doing that. He's not back there lighting it up like Tom Brady and saying, I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to show you what I'm capable of. He's not coming out into the media as the leader of that team and setting things straight like he should be doing as the as the leader of that offense and we all have said the quarterback should be the leader of that team, and he's barely said anything. We hear Brandon Marshall talking more than him. Now, part of that is who Brandon Marshall is, but I don't care who Brandon Marshall is. Des Bryant is the same way, and we still hear Tony Romo out there. So there's a problem with your quarterback, man. And, I, I, you know, I've tried because he's been compared to Romo. He's a gunslinger. And, and I've been like, man, the guy gets beat up on. He gets picked up on, but he can play football. And I still say he can play football now. I'm not saying he can't play. But there's mm-hmm. something missing inside him. There's something just no, not he, right. I'm not, I won't dispute that at all. There is something missing. Because when you decide to pay him, when you decided to pay, when they decided to, to drop their contract in his lap, they told all of us. From the out, from the from the inside looking out at us, they told us that this is our guy and he can step it up and he can he can function in his offense. And I don't see it, not for the amount of money that we're paying him. I, I just I, is, I really don't this, see it. This is you know what this is confirmation. Josh McCown last year, he truly did play better than he outplayed Cutler last season, and it, within that within that scheme, and I feel like a lot of it was lost and masked almost just because. You know, people people associate how great that offense was with, with Cutler. And it wasn't just Cutler. It was, a lot of it was with McCown. And you don't have to be a, a vocal leader as a quarterback. Certainly Eli Manning isn't to, you know, be the leader of the team. You know, as long as you play well, it's okay. You don't need to be a rah-rah kind of guy. But, I mean, we, we've seen quarterbacks, you know, carry their defense to wins. I mean, we saw with Big Ben. We've seen it with Aaron Rodgers all season. They're the worst-ranked rush defense in the league. It's just the the combination of color and trusting right now is it's not looking too promising. It's not looking good. No, it's not. It's, it's I, not I, don't what, I, I really don't know that what you guys really do aside from find a new head coach after the season because you're already invested in Cutler, so you kind of got to stick it out and just roll with it. Which I don't know, man. Well, let, let me let me just say this though. I disagree with your. I think every every starting quarterback has to be that face, and I think Eli is that face. Eli doesn't duck a press conference. He doesn't duck a question. He's out there. He may not be outspoken by nature, 
but as his older brother is, he's he's out there every he he takes the good with the bad. When his team when they got blown out by the Eagles, he was right out there right. doing press that's conference. Fair. That's fair. It, it just wouldn't be as bad, and it hasn't been as bad as long as his play was well cut list, but he's even doing yeah, that now. Yeah, but that's so another like, issue. Oh. You can play like garbage, but then when you run from the media after you play like garbage, I got a problem with that. You need to stand up there because your team now loses confidence in you, and I think that's what we're seeing in Chicago on the offensive what? side of the ball because this guy needs to stand up there and face the firing squad. You're not playing what? well, Jay Cutler. You're not. So you stand but up. But I get tired of hearing from Jay Cutler when the media comes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we gotta we gotta go back to the film. We gotta see what we did, and we gotta come back. And, you know, we gotta do better. I've I've heard that since week one, and and I've not seen it. Give me something different. Yeah, how about to ensure that you film room session with Jay Cutler? I'd love to know what a film room session with Jay Cutler is like. I can imagine it being very productive. Uh, according to uh, <laughs> according to everything I read, I read in the media. According to what the coaches say, oh, he he studies film. He's he's in there all all day every day. But when is it going to translate to the fi- translate to the field? Because it doesn't. And when you look at uh, article I read today, they was talking about how much Marshall and and Jeffries was getting targeted. But if they're not open, who is open? Can you just complete the pass? I mean, every single snap, no one's open, and you got to hold the ball for five seconds? Mm. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Nope. Yeah, that's the oxygen right there. If you hold the ball for five seconds, someone's got to be open. That's mm. what I'm saying. Some, something's not clicking, and, and you can't, since you can't get the camera angle from the quarterback view all the time, just like, well, damn, is, is are we are we calling the right play? He's what making reads. He has to be. He has to be because the one thing Trustman is good at is play design. That's the, mm-hmm. if there's anything that he is good at, one thing at all, it is that. And he, I mean, color just, uh, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and let, me, let, me, let me and let me and let me and let me say this and let me say this. Um, K Star, I, I I hear what you're saying. They paid him the big money. And but let's say let's just remember we don't know how they structured that contract. We know he got a good amount guaranteed. He's gonna get that regardless. But the rest of that hundred million he got or whatever he got, we don't know. So let's not assume that they're stuck with him. I don't know. They might be. But I've seen teams in situations like that decide to make that decision and get rid of and and, and make the trade or you know is there a team out there is there uh, you know Cutler is a talented quarterback you know is there a team out there would would um uh uh your former coach would Lovey Smith take him in Tampa I don't know I doubt it I doubt it well who's he got who's he got now I got you but uh, I don't I don't think I, I I think he's had his feel of 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 the Jay Cutler demeanor. Uh, but the one thing I do know is Jay Cutler is right now the highest-paid player this, just for this year in the NFL. Is he really? For this year? He is. And one of my coworkers said it, and I refuted it. I was like, no, no, no way. But, no, I just read an art. He is the highest-paid player this year in the NFL based on well, how that, that, his. And, and that could be good for you if he got a lot of money front-loaded. That could be good. Mm-hmm. That could be them, like, hedging their bets, saying, well, let's give him a lot of money up front. And we'll suck. We'll eat it this year and see how he plays. And maybe there's an out for them. Maybe. 
Well, essentially, his deal is uh, is more of a three-year than it is seven-year. Okay. So it's one of those. So in order for him to back in, he has to actually be playing out of his mind. I have no doubt Chicago will be looking for a quarterback that they that 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 Trestman wants uh, after this season, regardless of how we finish. It's the hit on the salary cap. That's the big number that you want to look at. Whatever that hit is on the salary cap will dictate what they'll be able to do with him. I wouldn't expect yeah. Trustman just to be looking for a quarterback. He's not, he's, he's, at this point, he should be looking over his shoulder if he still has a job for next season. Well, that's a nice segue into the next topic. We're about midpoint. Who do we think is on the hot seat in the NFL? Who Who may not make it to the end of the year? And I'm going to start – I'm going to start this one off with an easy one. This is the most obvious one in the NFL right now. But obviously, Rex Ryan, homeboy's in trouble. Yeah. I mean, homeboy's in trouble. I mean, he's got Michael Vick coming in to start now, which to me is three weeks too late. Um, You know, you bring Vick in, he does some good things, but the guy doesn't – you got to give him a week of practice with the first team. You, You know, yes, he's a veteran, but Jesus Christ, give him a fair chance. Geno Smith is not ready. I've been saying it. I will continue to say it. You can't take just any rookie, and I know he's in his second year, but you can't take any rookie and throw him in and baptism by fire. Some can come in and take the reins and do well, and some can't. And your job, if you draft them, is to evaluate. I mean, Aaron Rodgers needed a couple of years, right? Aaron Rodgers needed a couple mm-hmm. of years, right? You know, we've got Johnny Manziel sitting behind Hoyer, right? And Hoyer's mm-hmm. been, like, kind of up and down, you know? So you just can't take any quarterback and say, let's just throw him in and see how he does. Gino, G- will Gino be ready at some point? I don't know. But right now he ain't ready. He's had one they've, game they've done they've, they've definitely done Gino a disservice. And uh, the, the one thing I just wonder with the Jets is, whether Rex Ryan's hands are tied with what he can do with the roster. I, I just wonder that. Well, if they're tied, he started. he's starting now at 1-7. and seven. He's finally decided to, you know, grow some cojones and bring in Vic. But mm. what are you going to do at 1-7? and seven? You know, you're four and a half games out of first place. What are you going to do now? You know, you, you, I mean, it's done. Your season, it's over. You, you know, it, 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 you know, what are you going to do, win eight straight and try to get a wild card? Good luck with that. You know, yeah. we've seen 10 and 6 in the AFC not get you into the playoffs. So 9 and 7, if you can win eight straight, which fairly unlikely, it's over. But anyway, um, I think my first one I'm going to put out there is Rex Ryan. Um, I think based on the history of the Jets, they won't do it during the season. But I I think it is unless somehow or another he's able to turn it around with Vic and find a way into the playoffs. If that doesn't happen, he's all done. My opinion, this is it for him. Um, Jay, you got uh, one or uh, train? I, I would have. I'm I'm looking at Atlanta right now. I'm looking at at Mike Smith, and uh, that was an early morning game, six thirty here. I didn't get up at 6.30, but I got up to see the second half, and I was like, this, this might be interesting. And and what I saw in the second half was horrible from Atlanta's standpoint. There's no way they should have lost that game. And uh, a lot of that falls on the coach. And, boy, 
I, I don't see him surviving after this season if Atlanta doesn't turn it around. No disagreement there. Uh, yeah, they that's another team that has way too much talent to be struggling like they are. And, you know, when they beat the Saints early on and, you know, we saw them in hard knocks and um, they just kind of looked like, you know, maybe they were ready to climb back into the playoff picture. And, yeah, yeah, no. But I, I got to tell you, I, I tell you, one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen thrown in my life was thrown by Matt Ryan in that game. I don't know. Who oh my God! I, I I mean it it was it wasn't it wasn't even like he was under pressure. That's you know you see bad throws. Romo's done it. Everybody's done it. You know when there's pressure, you scramble. He just threw the ball. I mean it it was just it was just horrible. Thank God uh, Julio Jones didn't give up on the play and made the tackle and saved the guy from. I mean they scored anyway. But you know it just showed what kind of player he is. But that was the worst interception I've seen in my entire life. It reminded me of Neil Lodano against the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one. Oh. Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Larry Brown. Yes, it was. Right to him. Gave him the MVP. Yep. That was like, here you go. You can be the MVP. Yep. yep. A whole lot of money. <laughs> yeah, to go to Oakland and do absolutely nothing. But anyway. Um, yep. Um, but anyway, uh, Jay, do you have a – so we've got the Jets. We've got Atlanta. Jay, you got one? Actually, I do, and it may be a bit of a surprise to y'all, but I'm wondering about Ron Rivera and Carolina because they seem to be underachieving also, and I keep hearing grumblings that there's something going on there too. So I think Rivera's uh, seat is getting a little warm too. Hmm. I, I've, 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 um. Yeah, well, I'll agree with you. And, and you know, if I can just piggyback that Ron Rivera comment and the, and, and the Panthers, um, I'm close to being done with your boy Cam Newton. Um, and, and, and here's another guy, and I'm, this is kind of directed at K-Star, but, but in general. Here's another guy with all the talent in the world, all the physical gifts. He can run. He can throw. He's got speed. He's strong. He's big. He's got vision. I mean, all the gifts in the world could be, could have been that Hall of Fame quarterback that you spoke of a couple of seasons ago, K-Star. You know what's missing? The same thing that's missing in Cutler, that leadership, that heart. How many oh, times man. do you need to see him go to the bench and throw a towel over his head when something doesn't go right? Are you kidding me? How many times no. do we need to see a bogus post-game um, news conference after a bad game? Are you kidding me? You have probably, I, I, off the top of my head, I could name many quarterbacks, including Ben, including Romo, including, you know, uh, Breeze and, and Peyton and Brady and, and Rodgers. All these guys go out, whether they play well or play bad, and they get out there and they, they take it and, you know, they do the right thing. They take, hey, you know what, I didn't play well. I'm the leader of this team. It starts with me. You know, I got to go back and improve my game. And You know, they, they do what you're supposed to do when you're leading a team. Yes, you can say we, we statements too, but they start with I statements. I got to be better. I've got to, you know, do this. I got to do that. I've heard all the top quarterbacks say that. 
Did I miss Cam, something? Did Cam have some Cam, ugly press conference? Cam, Cam always has an ugly press conference. Cam always has that towel over his head on the sideline when he doesn't do something right. Man, get off my boy, Cam. What this did man, you tell him? His teammates, actually, his teammates actually love him, though. He's not Cutler. He's on his way. No. Carolina is terrible. Like, the, 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 the only thing Cam Newton has around him is is Calvin Benjamin and Greg Olson. They have no running game to speak of. Their offensive line is in shambles, and that defense can't yeah, stop okay. a nose. So how many, wait, 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 wait. You put him in the Hall of Fame. How many years has Brady been back there with nobody? Okay, he's got Gronk now, but how many years has he been back there with receivers not, we didn't even he, know who they were? I mean, that's he's not, not Brady. I'm not saying he's Brady. But the let's, thing let's is, Cam, I'm, I'm talking about right, his but, attitude and his leadership. I'm not talking. I, you, you, I'm not talking about his ability. Cam Newton has all the physical tools to be a top quarterback in the NFL. Came from Auburn. The guy could play the game. And when he's doing well, what do you see? You see that big smile on the sidelines. You know, he comes and he greets everybody. Everything's going lovely. And when they do, they do crap. You watch his interviews, completely different body language, doesn't say much. It's just, it's not leadership. It's not leadership. He's Go ahead, Cakes. Go to the, camp. Go to the website. Go, no, I thought he had. He hasn't. Go to the website and watch some of his interviews. And then you come back next week and you tell me that you, you agree. You've got, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not going to deny that. So don't lower your standards because you like Cam Newton. He can't, he can't. Shine Ben Roethlisberger's shoes when it comes to leadership. Ben is a leader. I will give you that. Cam Newton, right now, he ain't a leader. He ain't a leader. So Jay, yeah, I agree with you. Ron Rivera, hot seat, absolutely. But Somehow Cam turned into a Cam soliloquy. This is, this is yeah, because 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 I can do that. That's what happens when you know when you host yeah, the show. When when, hey when man, you want to host this Thursday night, you have a host, chance to go first in this division. He has a chance to do what? So the Panthers have a chance to retake that division Thursday night to, the, to be first. Because the division so, I mean, sucks. Because no one's right, right. So I think Rivera actually might be okay by the, the terribleness of the division. Okay. I'm looking at, to, to put it back on top, I'm looking at Trestman, but we've already been over that just because of the talent and how there's awful on all sides of the ball, even their offense at this point, uh, and the fact that we're trying to guess why, what the hell's wrong with their game plan offensively um, and what the hell the issue is with Cutler. And, again, their defense just – being awful and first team being awful and just the whole thing being really terrible. Maybe it's in Chicago. They're so far out of it already with Green Bay and Detroit. It's just uh, that season's already lost. But you know what? I, I don't think Rivera is too far removed from Tressman, to be honest with you, the way the Bears look versus how the Panthers look. I think the Bears were in worse shape overall than the Panthers, but when you look at it from a, a, a theoretical standpoint, they arguably could be in the same type of position. I don't think Ron Rivera is looking at his team and expecting after eight games to be three, four, and one. Not with the talent on that team. Now, granted, they don't have Steve Smith like they used to, but they had Cam Newton. They expected Cam Newton to elevate his game because he doesn't have the receivers that he had last year. They expected Cam Newton to go in and say, Olsen, you're the man. Benjamin, I'm going to take you under my wing. We're going to ride this thing out. That's what they were looking for. So after eight games to be three, four, and one, he's got to be disappointed, and the organization's got to be disappointed. This all gets put to bed Thursday night when the Saints go in there and whoop that whoop that behind. So this this is a moot point because the Saints are going to go in. The Saints, I believe, it's a road game for the Saints, and uh, they, 
They have not played their best on the road, but I think they found a groove against Green Bay. And I think, um, you know, I, I believe um, you're going to talk later about never doubting the Hall of Fame quarterback. So this is going to be a prime example of not doubting the Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, <laughs> so we've got Atlanta, we've got the Jets, we've got the Bears, we've got the Panthers. Um, anybody else? Don't um, forget about San Francisco. No. Yeah. Don't forget yeah. about San Francisco. For you said with everybody else, it's for different reasons. It, it's headbutting between upper management and head coach, so it's different reasons. But if we are talking about seats that could be hot, that could be hot for slightly different reasons. So let's not forget the saga in Frisco. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Um, not for the same reason, but it's possible. I I, I wouldn't agree with you. Um I think the only other team, as I'm looking through records and looking at teams and thinking, um, I think the only other team that I would say, if they don't make the playoffs, um, their coach might be in the hot seat, um, is Tom Coughlin. Um, yeah, I was you know, just thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that, you know, this is a this is a proud franchise. Coughlin does have two Super Bowls, and I think that gives him that's given him some extra time in those off years. Because realize they haven't even made the playoffs except for the years that they've won the Super Bowl. Um, so you kind of give him a pass and say, "Well, damn, you know, he goes to the Super Bowl, goes to the playoffs, and wins the Super Bowl twice." But at the same time, um, it's it's you know they're not even making the playoffs, and and in that division right now, I mean, you know, are, are they the worst team in that division? I mean, I don't know, are they? I mean, we saw a Redskins team show some things against Dallas last night. Could the Redskins be ready to make a little run? We already know what the Eagles can do. You know, they're a contender to make the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys are a contender to make the playoffs. So the Giants at 3-4, and four, again, I mean, you know, third or fourth year in a row that they could miss the playoffs since winning the Super Bowl. So I, I, I'd look out for Coughlin to be um, – you know, potentially coaching for his job as well. All right. Good stuff. All right. Remind everybody, if you do want to call into the show, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. We are on Twitter, at The Madden Voice. We are on Facebook, themaddenvoice.com. Um, I'm sorry, the Madden Voice, <laughs> Facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. I'm sorry, I happen to be on Facebook and I see, um, um, <laughs> you know, Randy posted on my wall. He he texted to me and then he decided to post on my wall um, this this graphic of um, Kermit the Frog drinking a cup of tea and it says Cowboys were six and one, lost to a two and five team and a third string QB, but that's none of my business. And this is after he came onto the show. So it, it just it just shows that Randy just don't know football. You know, for a guy who has a cousin who is a pro bowler <laughs> you know, who was a pro bowler and I believe didn't they didn't didn't they go to a Super Bowl? With uh, Gronk and Hernandez, did they they lost? But didn't they play in a Super Bowl and yeah, lost? Lost the Giants. Yeah, that's what I thought. So here's the guy who has a cousin who was a Pro Bowler and played in the Super Bowl, and he don't know football. He don't know football. 
And on top of it, well, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Uh, when my rant comes, I'm going to get into that. I'm, I just I cannot wait to my rant. I'm going to get into it. Um, let's go power rankings, though. Let's go power rankings. Um, we've been talking a lot about the game last night, and um, you know, you know, I, I'm 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 just not feeling the love for my team. Um, I, 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 you know, they were the consensus best team in the NFL by the Madden Voice, and they've dropped substantially off of one loss. I think you guys are, you know, just just looking for a reason to to bury my Cowboys. I'm not happy about it at all. Um, really, really not happy about it. Um. But that said, um, I did not, because of time, get to look at ESPN, NFL.com, or Bleacher Report, so I don't have anything to compare us to, um, unfortunately. But um, the TMV. I'm sorry? I'll bring it up for you. Okay. Keep going, though. Um, All right. Well, uh, 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 okay. Um, so number five is reluctantly um, for me to report this, but number five, the Detroit Lions. Uh, number four, dropping from number one to number four is the Dallas Cowboys. Which I think it's just blasphemy that they drop from one to four in one week. Uh, number three, the New England Patriots. Uh, number two, Arizona Cardinals. And number one, the Denver Broncos. Um, and I will say clearly at this point, they are the best team in the NFL. There's no doubt about it um, right now. Um, I I think Cowboys at four is a little too low. Um, you know, six and two, and they're behind a Patriot team that's five and two. And, you know, in my opinion, you, 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 you know, we're talking par rankings, and the team has a five-game winning, a six-game winning streak. They lose a game, and you put them behind a team that has one less win. I don't, I don't see that. I had them as third on my personal par rankings. I had them as third. I think I was the only one that had them as third. I had them ahead of the Patriots, behind the Broncos and the Cardinals, and ahead of the Patriots and the Lions. Um, Train had them at four. K-Star had them at five, which is just ridiculous. And JB had him at four. So, um, so we all had the same five teams, but the order was a little bit different. Um, and 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 none of us had uh, JB had the Patriots at two, which I think is a little high for them. But he New had England is actually six and two. T. What's that? New England is actually six and two. Oh, they were five and two. Are they six and two? They're six and two. Same record. Oh, why did I think they were five and two? Yeah, so calm yeah. down. Well, okay, same record. Relax. As same record. Would say, relax. Same record. So they dropped behind another the team with the same record after being number one. I, my my yeah. my point has a little less uh, value, but I, I stand behind it. We've never generally we don't do that. We don't let a team who was, I mean, they were number one. And now they dropped to six and two. Patriots are six and two. So now they're behind the Patriots, even though the Cowboys a week ago were number one. I, you know, unless they had played the Patriots, I could see that. But I don't see that. I, I don't see it. I still would have them ahead of the Patriots right now. Um, so that's that's my point. I would have them ahead of the Patriots. Five and two, six and two, six and two, six and two. I haven't ahead of the Patriots. I did have them behind the Cardinals. Although we'll see what happens this Sunday in Dallas. And, of course, the Broncos, uh, you know, there's no dispute there. The Broncos are uh, number one. I really didn't want to put the Lions, to be honest with you. I still don't believe in them. But 
you know. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look around at one and two lost teams, um, the only other team to put in there would be the Eagles, and you know, Cardinals just you know beat them. So there's really you're 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 running you run out of options when you look at the, all the one and two lost teams. The only other team are the Eagles. Um, you know, I mean, the Bengals just, are four and two, but that's you know that's, that's really not you know. Yeah. I just think with the with the Lions, I'm just I'm, I'm more impressed with the fact that they continue to win games without two of their powerhouses on offense. So Caldwell is doing something right down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, um, you know, well, they, they are six and two. You know, but mm-hmm. I, you know, and and I think they've had a pretty good defense. Um, that's helped them out some as well. Um, you know, but I don't believe in Matt Stafford. <laughs> so let's see what happens. And now with the now with the uh uh Packers looking looking pretty good. I mean, yeah, they they you know, Aaron Rodgers and you know, to the Saints and but you know you know, this is again where you gotta look at the quality of the team and the loss. The Packers go into New Orleans, which is probably the second toughest place to play in the in the country, if you ask me, behind Seattle. And you know, we know that Rodgers tweaked his hamstring in the second half. And, you know, Drew Brees was playing with a sense of urgency. You know, with Stills and Cook, you know, I mean, that's the, 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 these are the next two guys to step up. Jimmy Graham looked like he was returning. I don't think that's a bad loss for Green Bay. I don't think that's a loss that changes anything, frankly. I still think Green Bay right now, to me, is going to win that division, my opinion. I still wouldn't, you know, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is okay. Um, all bets are off if he's not, but if his hamstring's okay, um, I still – my money would go on the Packers, even though they lost, um, you know, in their game behind Detroit, I would still go with the Packers winning that division. I think we will see the Packers in our power rankings very soon. Well, so. see, there's nothing good about a loss, regardless of how you look at it. Um, well, that, there's the nothing – uh, right, well, let, let, me, let, let, well, let, me, let me be clear. There's nothing good about a loss. It's a loss, but let's look at let's look at the circumstances of the loss. You go into New Orleans, one of the toughest places to play against a desperate New Orleans team, and you lose. Um, you're five and three after eight games. You're one game out of first place. You started the season one and two. You've gone four and one since then. I think they're in good shape. I don't think this was a loss that debilitated their season. Yet, if the Saints had lost, now we're talking the Saints at two and five, right? Instead of being three and four. Now that's a debilitating loss to go to two and five, as opposed to the the Packers going to five and three and only being one game out. So, you know, that's what I'm saying is, in, in, in the end, in the end of the race here, they're still right there. They are one game behind the Lions. That's it with eight games to go. So. You know, and I don't think they they should run. You know, you, it's it's if Dallas goes to Seattle and loses, no one bats an eye because no one wins in Seattle. But people woke up because Dallas won in Seattle, so it made oh my god, look at Dallas. Now a few weeks later, all of a sudden it's not that big of a win because Seattle's not the same Seattle. But when it happened, it was oh my god. Well, all I'm saying is is this is not an oh my god loss. It's okay. Yeah, every loss sucks. You don't go and play games to lose, right? 
You know, you you know what 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 what's our what's our boy say all the time? What's he say? <laughs> Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win, and I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Yeah, so I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't matter and it's it's a loss. It's a loss. What I'm saying is when I look at the season, you know, you can get past that. That's not going to cripple their season. That's all I'm saying. Okay, got you. Got you. That's, that's all. All right. Um, let's um, – oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get to get the clip, but I did have a quick first take issue. I did have a quick one. Um, and I'm going to actually expend, extend this to first take and numbers never lie. Um, so this is the whole Romo leaving the game and coming back into the game issue. First of all, to numbers never lie, you're wrong. Uh, Jerry Jones did not order Jason Garrett to put Romo back in the game. That is a bold-faced untruth. What Jerry Jones told Jason Garrett was that Romo wanted to come back in. That's it. Now, did Jerry Jones need to do that? I, I don't know. He's a general manager. I, I don't know. Jerry Jones is the most visible uh, owner in probably pro sports between him and maybe Mark Cuban. I don't know. So I don't know. You know, he's an owner, but he's also a general manager. So do other GMs do that with other pro football teams? Well, they're not on camera all the time, so I don't know. Probably not. Could Jerry Jones have just stayed upstairs? Probably. Could he have went in the locker room and checked on Romo because that's his $100 million investment and then went back upstairs? Probably. Did he need to go to the sideline? Probably not. Has he been on the sideline much this year? No, he hasn't. Did he go back upstairs? Thank God, yes, he did. But uh, Numbers Never Lie reported that Jerry Jones told Jason Garrett to put Romo back in the game. No, that is not the case. He told Garrett that Romo was coming back out and wanted to play. That's it. Garrett very clearly said he is our guy. If he's medically cleared, he plays. Period. That's the truth. End of discussion. I don't want to hear any more about it. But more importantly, Stephen A. Smith went on a little rant about this losing respect for the Cowboys for letting Romo back in the game. And when you have a guy who has a family and, you know, and you're thinking about his career after football, um, you know, you, you know, did you really have to put him back in and risk more injury? Um, I, I don't even know where to begin on this, but in the off season, when Jerry Jones and, and said that um, uh, uh, Romo would have Peyton-like involvement, he criticized him. He said he should have been doing that all along. What is the problem? You know, and if Romo and 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 Skip pointed this out, had not gone back in or wanted to go back in, I would have heard Stephen A. Smith say, "You paying him all that money? He comes back out. He's he's dressed. He and and I'm hearing he was medically cleared and he doesn't go back in the game. What kind of leader is that? I could hear it. So he goes back in the game and now you criticize. So let's be clear. First of all, Stephen A. Smith, you don't know what you're talking about. Period. Romo. Wanted to go back in. He took a pain-injecting shot, or an injecting painkiller, in his back, in the locker room, before Jason Garrett even knew that he wanted to come back in, that he was trying to come back in. Before he was medically cleared, he did that with the intent to come in and play. Was given a football 
in the locker room after he took the shot so he can throw some passes to see if the pain had subsided enough to go back and play, to see how he felt. This was Romo saying, I want to play. And all of the stuff you saw on the sidelines, those were all team doctors that he was talking with. And when he was medically cleared, then Garrett said, fine, you're in. That's how that went out. I am sick and tired of the misinformation and the lack of factual reporting that goes on on these football pundit shows. Guys, if you're not, you know, you guys get paid far more than we get paid to do this because we don't get paid to do this. But we make sure what we're reporting is accurate. Do yourselves a favor and be accurate and stop reporting propaganda. Thank you very much. I'm done. Let's go to K-Star, Bonafide or Bonafront. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. All right, cool, just making sure. Um, Bonafide or Bonafront, here we are yet again. Uh, we are week nine after the NFL season. And as usual, we're trying to find out what's real and what's fake. So I present to you this this question, gentlemen. Was Payton versus Tom Brady the greatest quarterback rivalry of all time? What do you say that's Bonafide? Because for me, it's clearly the most bonafide statement. Tom Brady was uh, just actually reflecting on it the other day since he's gotten older. You know, he's able to reflect on it and just truly, truly reflect on how special this, this rivalry is. I mean, you look at Peyton and Brady, these are two of the top five, top three. Hell, you could argue Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time, and you have some Peyton supporters who may say Peyton, but um, they're a little delusional. But at the end of the day, there's some arguments that can be made. And these guys have played, what, three times in the championship game, have played each other every single season. I believe this matchup at 17. Um, it's just all been terrific. This has been theater. I'm actually, you know what, as a Steelers fan, I'm very excited for my team to be on Sunday Night Football. But I feel like that game should be on Sunday Night Football. As great as our rivalry is with the Ravens, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if we were the 4 o'clock game and they were the 8 o'clock game because I think that, listen, to me, that's it's absolutely bona fide. This is the greatest quarterback rivalry of all time. Um at least, you know, in my generation, I can't really speak in the past, but clearly for me, it is. Train? Sorry. Bonafide or Bonafront on Peyton, Peyton versus, versus Brady? Yeah. It's the greatest rivalry ever. Uh, just, just simply, it's, 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 it's Bonafide. It's is to watch. I'll definitely be watching that one. As a matter of fact, I told the lady we don't do anything on Sunday out in church except come home and watch this game. <laughs> JB? Yeah, I, I got to agree. Um, at least, at the very least, in our lifetime, and our generation, bona fide. I think Bart Starr, Johnny United, they, if I remember correctly, they had some good battles back in the day. But this one definitely got to say bona fide because I'm going to be right there in front of the TV watching, and I'm going to tell the kids, leave it alone. I'm watching this one. I, I will agree with a star, and I'm going to tell you why. It is the best rivalry probably ever, but it was it was designed to be. And, and let me just expand on that. This is not by accident. Um, first of all, during this generation, you have more televised football games than you've ever had. So when I was growing up watching football, you had um, Sunday afternoon, Sunday late afternoon, Monday night. And Monday night was 9 o'clock. 
So depending on, you know, how old you were, <laughs> you know, you weren't, you may not even be watching Monday Night Football because it was on at nine and it didn't go off till after midnight. OK, when Howard Cosell and, and Don Meredith and these guys were, were hosting. OK, so you had you had Monday. I mean, you had three games a week. That was it. Well, you know, this week, this weekend, just now, what did we have? We had Thursday night. We had Sunday morning. Then we had the traditional Sunday afternoon, two games. And then we had Sunday night. And then we have Monday. That's six games being televised in a week. Okay? So that's first thing is there's much more televised football. You've got direct TV and bars showing football now. So now you can go out to the bar and watch pretty much any game you want. Okay? And they have scheduled these guys intentionally. They have made a point. They call it their annual game. So it's, it's the best rivalry, but the NFL went to produce that. It didn't happen organically. They went and made that happen. Wait, wait, and yes, not, and yes. It's not, it is it's because, not entirely true. Uh, no, the NFL went and scheduled these two teams to play each other. That is exactly true. It's only because they are literally first of the division every single season again, and that's that's how they play each other in a conference. Um, yeah, that is how No, I, 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 okay. I will send you guys the article on how this game was scheduled by the NFL to be happened, regardless of where they where they plan. I read about it. This game was planned. They planned for these two guys to play. Trust me, I read it. I was. Not surprised because they play every year. Do they not play every year? And Peyton's that's on because they finished at the top of their divisions. Now you're telling me that they're they're circumventing the way yes. they the way the schedule is automatically set up for these absolutely. two to play. I absolutely, I'm telling you that it is designed for these two to play each other every year. So is somebody blowing every games year. on purpose? Um, they are circumventing. Oh, that sounds like. There, there is. Well, now I got to go back and read the article again. But it is designed for these two teams to play each other. But yeah, they are. They do finish first in their division. But so you're telling me that the AFC East and the AFC uh, West are the the number one is supposed to play each other first every year. Every single year, the top the top two teams in every division, other than the ones that you don't, other than other than the division that you play against, that you're set to play against, because you play against one division from each conference, and then you play uh, outside, and yeah, you play against, you know, one, you play against one division from each conference, then outside of the people in your own division, you play the same team that was seated in the same spot as you in the remaining divisions in your conference, and that's how you get your sixteen. And they have been tops in their in their division every single year. Yeah, there is some truth to that. Now that you say that, there is some truth to that. I will reread the article that I read um, on Peyton and Brady playing each other and how the NFL has planned for them to play each other every year and has planned for that game to be televised every year. And that's why I say, it, it, you know, this is not an accident that this rivalry is happening because I could remember um, Staubach Bradshaw as a huge rivalry back in the seventies, but you didn't have as much TV exposure because these guys, two different conferences. And so you didn't have a lot of interconference play back then. They met in, you know, numerous Super Bowls. 
But when they did play, it was a huge rivalry, Bradshaw and Staubach. Um, but it just didn't have the same television push behind it as this as this rivalry has. So there there is some pre-designed plan to feature these two playing against each other in a primetime spot on TV. And, you know, could Brady and Breeze, I'm sorry, could Rodgers and Breeze be that type of rivalry? Could that happen with two other top quarterbacks? I think it could. But these guys, it happens because television. These guys happen because they're going to make sure that this game, no matter how each team is playing, they're going to make sure that these guys are on TV in a primetime spot. Period. And I think that has added to the rivalry. Um, so anyway, that's my point. Hmm. Next. Okay, star Uh-oh. Did we lose K Star again? Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. K Star, you keep dropping. There we go. There we go. Keep dropping. Jeez. Sorry. Right. Next, we have the Buffalo Bills at 5 and 3. They're playing some pretty good football. Are the Buffalo Bills a legitimate threat to New England? Is that, would you say that's a bona fide statement? Because for me, it is still a bona front. We see the Buffalo Bills start off hot almost annually. Uh, it's getting out to a very good start to the beginning of the season before fading down uh, into oblivion. And we, you know, we saw New England actually go into Buffalo and beat them. Uh, Kyle Orton's playing very well. Sidney Watkins looks like the truth, and their defense is definitely top notch in Buffalo. But you know, they can't seem to ever, ever beat New England when it matters. Um, and forevermore, they'll be New England's little brother until they prove otherwise. You know, they're a solid team, but I don't think they are a legitimate threat to uh, New England in the AFC East because I think New England's in the class of their own there. So the bona fide statement that they are a legitimate threat. Train, what do you think? Oh, legitimate threat. Defining the word legitimate. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but if you want to say legitimate threat, because that's really the key word, um, I'm going to have to say uh, Bonafront. Cal Orton is definitely not the future of of the team at quarterback. Uh, He was a fill-in because they couldn't get it down with E.J. Manuel, so... You know, until they come up with a real rivalry for them, New England will always be, that will be their division until Brady retires. JB? Uh, I'm going to have to hedge on Bona Front only because of the fact that uh, they really have no running game. I don't know who's going to be the back. Jackson is out for several weeks, I believe, and Spiller is out. Um, well, IR designated to return or something like that. Um they are only one game behind, and uh, like I said before early on in the segment with the Steelers, they too have a lot of divisional games to play, and they are the cream of the AFC East. Um, but with all that being said, I'll have to hedge towards Bonafront. Bonafront, Kyle Orton, let's move on. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. All right, next we have... <clears throat> Uh, we have Steve Smith versus the Bengals. Um, the play that got called back, the play that could have uh, won the Ravens the game, I'm sure everyone has seen it by now. Uh, that you know, 60-yard bomb where Steve Smith 
extends his arm and pushes over uh, the Bengals defender uh, and, and gets a touchdown. Um, some are saying it may have been a flop. I don't know, but the question that's posed here is, was that a blatant offensive P.I.? And I think it, it was. So it was bona fide. That was a blatant offensive P.I. If you watch the replay, you see the full extension. And while I know Steve Smith is a small man, he's a very strong man. We've seen his stiff arms absolutely floor people. And uh, last I saw, his, his his arm definitely extended, definitely gave that uh, defender a quick little swift push, and that caused him to be wide open and get the touchdown. Uh, Baltimore screamed foul and, and, and cry wolf. Uh, especially on the radio. I don't know if you guys ever heard the clip. It was pretty funny. But it, it, it was the right call. That was definitely the right call. So the call itself was absolutely right. That was off as a PI. For me, it was blatant. Bonafide call. JB? Yeah, it's bonafide. Um, you know, if I'm a defensive player, I'm standing up with, clapping my hands. Uh, it was blatant. Uh, with all the press that the defense gets about touching after five yards and pass interference on the defense all the time, this is one where it was definitely on the offense. So it's bona fide. Train? Bona fide. Bona front, and I can't even believe that I have three co-hosts that think bona fide. This is ridiculous. This, this is near the end of the game. How many times do we watch a game and say, let's let the players play, and you don't let the refs decide the game? They've got three defensive backs back there. They can't stop this boy. And you take a call that, quite frankly, if y'all are sitting there saying that that guy didn't flop, then y'all don't watch pro basketball because that was one of the best flops I've ever seen. Did Smith have his arms extended? Sure he did. Absolutely. But to say that that guy didn't flop? Y- y- y'all didn't watch the play then, because he definitely, he went down, man. He should be in a WWE the way he went down. That was not a result of Steve Smith pushing him to the ground. That was him adding emphasis to it. To me, and I watched it many, many times, it was an incidental contact added on with a flop. It was a call that didn't have to be made, and it should have been a score. And you took that game away from Baltimore on that play. I think it was ridiculous. Let these guys play some ball. And I don't agree with the whole five-yard thing that they've enforced, by the way, just for the record. You know, you got this is a physical game, okay? Give these guys a chance to play. Give Yes, I agree. Give the defense. Defense has got to play some defense. And there's going to be a little bit of contact. You know, there's going to be, you know, especially coming off the ball where these guys are trying to establish position and all that, and there's going to be a little context. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily. I like the old rule that as long as the ball wasn't in the air, you can you can hit the guy until the ball was in the air. Then once the ball was in the air, then nah, then you can't touch him. I was okay with that, but now you know you hit him off the line after five yards, and we're gonna it's a penalty. And oh well, we didn't really enforce it before, but now we're gonna enforce it now. Get the heck out of here. Watch the play. The guy flops. Did did was was Smith's arms extended? Yes, but was it because he shoved the guy down? No, it was a flop. Watch it. I watch a lot of wrestling. I watch a lot of basketball. He 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 you know has another career. He has it. another career. You know, why, you know you know why you describe it as the best flop ever? Because it wasn't a flop. He got pushed down, bro. Steve Smith is a strong strong man. I mean. Yeah, but y'all act like he's the only one that lifts weights. Yeah, he's strong, but that don't that don't. No, no. Everybody in NFL is strong, so he's he, also he a why he's also a veteran of this game. 
You really think yeah, that you usually shut the, the guy down it. like that? He, he, he knows that situation. They usually don't get they don't get that call. The offensive pan there's never called in that situation typically. And he did what he should have done. Smart. He, he played he, his he, ass. he did what he should have he did what he should have done with offensive pass interference. That's what he should yeah, have done. Yeah, I mean he he's listen, he's a he's a smart, savvy veteran. I mean, they get mm. that hand checks. Offensive players. Because he they, needs they that. He needs off. that. Because he, D. Smith he, needs he that. He needed that, that there. Oh, real, really? Well, I don't think that. he did because I don't think he – I don't think he – I'm yeah, saying he in theory he's the kind of player that needed that advantage over a, a defensive back. He needed that advantage. Five no, nine, the he answer to that four. question is no. He's not he's, – he's better than that. He doesn't need that advantage. He's playing – and especially at 35 years old, he's playing out of his mind this year. And let's, and let's be clear. Let's be clear. Any anything that comes out, any chance that you get to drag on a division rival, you're gonna do it. That's so I'm defending the Bengals. No, 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 that's not true. I I'm in the awkward position having to defend the Bengals. Yeah, but you get the rag on the Ravens. And who's your bigger yeah. rival? The Bengals or the Ravens? Come on, man. Who are you talking to? I mean uh, it, yes, it's, exactly. It's, it's been the Ravens, the Ravens. but the, the top of the division Thank right you. now is the Bengals. I hate them both. Yeah, but but your bigger rival the biggest rival well, don't, don't, in that you to, don't you try, don't you try to misdirect? No, no. I'm not no. misdirecting yes, it. I'm, yes, I'm just are. calling you out for what you normally do, which is let your bias to, for your Steelers blind you. That's all I'm doing. That's mm. all I'm calling you out for because you don't like the Ravens, so here's a chance to rag on the Ravens, okay? JB believes it was, was P.I. Okay, that's JB's opinion. He's got no horse in his race. Train believes it was P.I. Okay, Train's got no horse in his race. That's fine. You got a horse in this race, and it's the Ravens. So Man, it's the Bengals too, though. I'm just yeah, saying. but the Ravens are your bigger threat. The Bengals ain't won a playoff game ever. <laughs> so, you know, so they're not your threat. The The Ravens are your threat. They just won a Super Bowl two years ago. Well, they're you your threat. I'm, I'm glad that at the end of this, we can, we can at least admit the Bengals are not a threat to the Steelers. That's, I'll take that as a win. Next we have. <laughs> historically, the Ravens are, the Bengals are not a threat historically. You're absolutely right. I will, I will be the first one to say that historically. The Bengals are not the team you should be worried about because Marvin Lewis can't get it together to do anything in the postseason. But y'all got to get to the postseason for that statement to actually resonate. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. Uh, we already went over this one. I'm going to skip it. Basically, trust me, needs to be fired. He's the problem in Chicago. Uh, that's yeah. wonderful for me. Yeah. We already know that. Yeah. Next we have the Denver Broncos offense. Is this the, the 2014 version is better than 2013? Is that a bona fide statement? Absolutely it is. Now, the Denver Broncos offense may not be scoring at a high of a clip or a high of a rate as uh, the 2013 edition, but this Denver Broncos offense is, is more efficient with the run game incorporated this year. Now, no Sean Marino was a beast last year, but, and I hate to say this, this really pains me, but Emmanuel Sanders actually was an addition over Eric Decker. I was wrong. I was wrong. The guy has clearly evolved, uh, clearly has taken to his game to a whole other level. And his his vertical threat, uh, it definitely is superior to what Eric Decker brought. Uh, Eric Decker was more of a possession guy, and now you have Emmanuel Sanders taking the top of the defense, hard to cover. Uh, you look at Ronnie Hillman. I mean, he was a guy who actually last year was supposed to be the starter until he fumbled the job away, um, allowing Osha Moreno to, to take it and run with it. But not this year. No, Ronnie Hillman has taken Monte Ball's job, and he is looking like a very, very, very good running back. And you see Julius Thomas taking this game to another level. Demarius as well. Very more efficient offense this year. Uh, less numbers, but for me, 
uh, definitely uh, actually their offense this year uh, because they just have more phases to their game. So I think it's a bona fide statement that the 2014 Denver Broncos offense to this point is superior to that of the 2013 edition we saw last year that broke all those records. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the difference between this team is the defense. They have a much better defense this year than they had last year. I think the offense is just as good as last year, but I think the difference in this team, which has made them a more complete team, which is showing up in their games, is now they have a defense that will actually stop people, and the offense can get more opportunities to control the ball, to run the ball, to do what Peyton does best. Um, But I don't think they're a better offense. I think they're benefiting from having a better defense. But, uh, you know, it's kind of – just you know, just to finish my statement – they had one of the best offenses of all time last year. So, I mean, that's not, you know, it's not a shame to say that this offense isn't any better because they had a pretty serious offense last year. So, I mean, that's not saying they're bad. Yeah, we really are because, I mean, it's still Peyton Manning. He's still breaking records like crazy. And um, they have upgraded a couple of players. I will give them that. But I think at the end of the day, I just don't think that the offense is any better. I think it's because their defense is playing better, and that's what they're benefiting from, my opinion. Uh, JB? Yeah, we must be related because word for word, that's pretty much what I was going to say. So you literally stole my thunder. And don't let me get started on that whole Decker piece because that goes back to the Jets and I could just be there all day. So I back exactly what T said because that's exactly what I was going to say, word for word. There you go. Dr. Train. Uh, I, I will I will agree with K-Star that Emmanuel Sanders is an upgrade over Eric Decker for what never is able to do. But as far as being a better offense, I mean – how do you grade that? Are you grading that on efficiency or are you grading that on points scored? And uh, efficiency, I guess you can say, yeah, but if you're talking about points scored, then it would be last year. So uh, I'm just going to say it's about the same. So, Bonafront. You know, I think we're all right because, T, you brought up a great point. You know, it, maybe it's because, you know, the defense is playing better. Uh, and, you know, you have Train who says, well, you know, is it because – is it points scored or is it efficiency? Well, they kind of go hand in hand. Broncos' defense wasn't good last year, so the offense is forced to score more. Uh, conversely, this year they don't have to do that quite as much, but we've seen the upgrade. And I do think uh, Julius Thomas and Demarius have both gotten better as well uh, this stage this year uh, as compared to last year. So, And, you know, and I will say this um... – you know, clearly DeMarcus Ware listens to the Madden voice because I think it was three games ago that I said, you know, Ware hasn't done much, and or maybe four, three or four yeah. games ago, and he hadn't done much at that time. He had been had not been grading well and hadn't really been putting much pressure on the other quarterbacks. And since then, I mean, he's he's turned into DeMarcus Ware from five years ago. He's playing he's playing great football. So um, I just want to acknowledge that obviously Ware heard that Commissioner T, you know, was 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 you know calling him out and he. Responded, and uh, you know I'm happy for him. He's as a former Cowboy. He's one of the good guys in the NFL, and I, you know what? I'm not a Bronco fan, but you know, I'm happy for Demarcus that he's found his groove, and I think it helps that he's got Von Miller on the other side because that guy's, whew, my goodness gracious, that's half um, lethal. Oh, it really is. Um, I, I think in this case, and I never thought I'd say it, I think it's really where benefiting from Von Miller as opposed to Von Miller benefiting from where. Von Miller's just everywhere. He's just everywhere. Um, 
And I think Ware is able to, you know, is only, you know, I mean, how many you can't double team everybody. And uh, but good, good job, Demarcus. I mean, you, you know, good job. I'm, uh, I think he's playing last three or four games, playing out of his mind. So good job. Um, so all right, good segment, K Star, bona fide or bona front. Quickly becoming one of the more liked segments of the Madden Voice. And uh, let me just remind everybody, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525, as we come down the home stretch to the Madden Voice. Um, let us go with our individual rants. And since K-Star just finished his segment, we'll go ahead and give the floor to K-Star, who wants to talk about the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Guys, we saw three guys this past weekend, three Surely, Hall of Famers do what they do, despite this season at various points, us doubting them. I am guilty of this as well because I picked against Drew Brees numerous times this year. It's paid dividends, but at some point, we got to take a step back, I think everyone, and respect greatness and realize that, listen, when you have a Drew Brees, when you have Ben Roethlisberger, you have a Tom Brady, who, by the way, uh, about combined 16 touchdowns over 1,800 yards uh, this past weekend. Uh, all of the teams getting big wins. Um, I think they all reminded us that listen, this is why they're Hall of Famers. This is why you know we go with the Hall of Fame quarterback when in doubt. You go with the coach in doubt as well. But you can't ever doubt these guys. You can't ever bury them because we've. I mean, hell, how many times in the past few years has you know one of us from the show said that you know maybe the Patriots are done, maybe it's over. But then Tom Brady just was like, what, really? No, I'm Tom Brady still. Um, and, you know, again, this weekend, uh, w- there was some talk here on the Madden Voice that, you know, Joe, Joe Flacco might actually be the best quarterback in the division. And just like DeMarcus Ware, hearing T, Ben Roethlisberger apparently was a uh, was listening as well last week to our show uh, after hearing that, putting on his historic performance. Um, literally the only second quarterback in NFL history to do it. But I, I don't think enough people have, have heard this cute little statistics uh, Big Ben is the fourth quarterback of the Super Bowl era to win at least 100 of his first 150 career starts, only joining Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Terry Bradshaw doing that. Um, and, you know, T, I, I got to be honest, uh, reflecting on this this topic, we, when we come to our game picks later, the Carolina and, and New Orleans game, uh, I, I'm actually have to reconsider my pick because when I talk about it out loud, when I really just rationalize it, when team, you know, uh, are in toss-ups. You really can't decipher, really can't sit here and, and assess and say who's better than one another. I think when in doubt, go with the Hall of Fame quarterback. That needs to be done more often. We are all guilty of this from time to time. Never doubt the Hall of Famers. Any, you guys want to add it? Do you want to jump in there and say anything about K-Star's uh, sound off? All I got to say is they ain't in the Hall of Fame yet. They're playing well, though. Well, I mean, what, what does that mean? It means it, 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 it's a fact. They're not in there yet. No. But they're playing well. They're definitely fun to watch. Are so you the Hall of Fame man? Not... No, I've, got... I've got nothing to add. Well, I, I do. Um, and I appreciate Train's comments because... He's right. Um, they're not Hall of Famers yet, uh, number one. But, you know, you know, 
K-Star is, first of all, Mom just texted me, good show. Thank you, Mom. We appreciate the love. Um, you know, it's wonderful that you've given us support. Thank you, Mom. Um, but K-Star just, you know, K-Star tries to be slick. And see, the thing about it is I've known K-Star a long time, okay? And, 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 and he tries to be slick. See, what K-Star's trying to do is he's trying to slip Ben in there as, as one of the horsemen. He wants to, at some point, change the four horsemen to the five horsemen, okay? That's what he wants to do. And he wants Ben to be in the same discussion as Brady, Breeze, Manning, and Rogers. That's what he's trying to do. That's what this sound off is, is all about, okay? Um, no. I'm sorry. No. Ben is a good quarterback. Ben is a great quarterback. Ben is a is 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 has the potential to make it to the Hall of Fame, two Super Bowl wins. But so does Eli Manning got two Super Bowl wins. We're not putting Eli Manning in this conversation. Now is Ben oh, better man. than Eli right now? Yeah, I'd say so. But to then escalate him and say, you know, when we look at Drew Brees, when we look at Peyton Manning, when we look at Aaron Rodgers, when we look at Tom Brady, there's just there's they're just on another level. And I know I said Drew Brees, you know, hey, man, you, you know, you've had a couple bad games. So he, he bounced right back and lit it up last week. So congratulations. Okay. But these guys are on another level. Ben's not there just yet. Are they? Willie, Willie could he get there? Yeah, he might be able to get there. But right now, no. So, you know. Well, 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 what Brees done? That's superior to that of Ben, other than being an offense that dictates high volume octane offense because the defense has been so bad over the years. And well, we're talking about quarterback, right? We're talking about quarterback play, right? You we're absolutely are. And that actually okay. goes that, and that is actually associated with with team wins and, and getting the job done. And, and okay, so you're telling you asked me a question and then you're telling me my answer to the question. I said we're talking about quarterback <laughs> play. The question is, what did quarterback play? That's what we're talking about. You want to talk team play? I'm talking quarterback because your, your thing was. I, mean, I know you're trying to disassociate the two because I can tell what you're trying to do. No, I'm not trying to do anything. You said never doubt the Hall of Fame QBs. That's what you said. You didn't say they're teams. You didn't say they're teammates. You said the QBs. Don't doubt them. You just said out of your mouth. I may have to rethink my game pick this this Thursday, T, because I was thinking about what you said. And when all things are equal, I'm gonna go with the Hall of Famer. Your words, QB. QB! That's what you said. So I'm just saying, yes, so when you're looking at Hall of Fame, potentially Hall of Fame QBs, yes, Ben is a potential Hall of Famer. When you look at grading careers, yeah, no, I'm not putting Ben in the same category as Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. Why? Right. Why? Or why? I, I don't think he is as talented as they are. I don't think he's as good of a passer. I don't think that he runs his offense as good as they do. I don't. Now, you take that as an insult. Look at who we're comparing him to. I have said routinely that when you go to the next level of quarterbacks, I think Ben is probably number five, that Ben is probably even over my Tony Romo. I've said that to you. Even at the, putting my quarterback down, I have said over Eli, who has two Super Bowls. I've said that to you. When you go to the next level, yes, I could see Ben being top of that list. I just don't see him right now. And if you took your Steeler hat off 
and you took your loyalty hat off and just looked at it for what it's worth. And I said to you, you're a neutral fan with no loyalties, and you had to start a franchise with a quarterback. I will assure you, without your loyalties, you're not picking Ben over these other four guys. Your loyalties? Of course you're going to pick Ben. Of course you are. Put your loyalties aside. I wouldn't pick Romo over Tom Brady. Drew Brees. I damn sure ain't taking Jay Cutler. You know, Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning. It's not happening. And I love Tony Romo. But you tell me I could have one of those four guys at the beginning of their career, or I can take Tony Romo. Bye, Tony. Have a nice day. <laughs> take care of yourself. Good luck. <laughs> what we'll I don't ya. understand, Star, is, is why does it bother you that he's not within the top four? I mean, you want because to take quarterback? No, there's, never, there's never been a sound, a sound reason other than, oh, they, you know, Breeze runs his, his offense better. Well, here's the thing. We talk about team play. Well, when you have a defense that gives as much points as the Saints do, well, guess what? You're going to have to be in shootouts. I mean, Ben Ben is able to do this. When this year's defense is bad, he puts up big numbers. That's all he had to do this past Sunday. It does not – how your defense – that doesn't matter. When you look yes, at does. the Saints offense, when you look at Peyton Manning, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, and when you look at Tom Brady, do you know what word describes their offense? Efficiency, bro. It's run like the most well-oiled machine you could ever see when it comes to an offense when they are quarterbacking. And it does not matter who they got, who they're throwing the ball to. The offense is still efficient. The only way you get to those quarterbacks is if their offensive lines are just garbage and they're letting people through. But that's like, like, but like Ben that you have no time, and that separates them from everybody else. The only four teams in the league that can sit there and offense can put up points without running the ball at all. I completely agree with Dr. Trey. Why, and why don't they have to run the ball at all? Because their quarterbacks are just that good. You no, don't no, no, no. It's because you don't, you the don't, ball. You don't get it, and you won't get it because you right. want so bad to put your guy up there, and he doesn't even have to be. Big Ben is a beast. He is. The, the toughest quarterback to bring down. He is so solid. I will take Monster. him any day over what I have. Monster. If I can't have one of the four. He's a monster. That's what K-Star is not understanding. I mean, That's what you're not understanding, K-Star, because we don't put him with those four. It's not a knock against Ben. Ben is a monster. I've said it a number of times, and I hate the Steelers. But I, I can't hate. I've told you, I can't hate Ben. He's that good. I would put him number five over my own quarterback, who I love, because he's that good. Now, here's the thing. Ben's got time to change our minds, to change my mind, change Drayton's mind. He's, his season, the careers ain't over. It's not over. Probably 31. And he's the youngest of the – of well, other than Rodgers. I think Rodgers and him might be close. Rodgers may be a year younger. I don't know. It's, it's pretty close. But Breeze and, and, and Peyton and Brady are older than him. So Ben's got time. But I'm just saying, and I think train. I can't, I'm not even going to repeat it. I think that was that was perfect. I mean, the way these guys run their offense, with or without a running game, with or without a good defense, is just rare. Steelers need a defense. You know it. I know it. 
Most teams need a defense. Bears need a defense. Cowboys need a defense. You know, Seattle needs a defense. San Francisco needs a defense. You know, Arizona needs a defense. You know, Giants need a defense, right? Eli Manning won two Super Bowls because of his defense, right? Most teams need at least a mediocre defense. Aaron Rodgers goes with 16 guys on injured reserve. Starters! Some were defense, many were offense, and wins a Super Bowl. What's you know? the second-ranked defense in the league that year? I know uh, I don't believe that's true. But he, what did he I don't say? Believe, he's saying they had the number two ranked defense that year. The Packers did. I know that for a fact. So they had they, they had a, they had a top ranked defense in turnovers, not in yards. Totally different. Okay. Turnovers. Yeah, I didn't think that. Not no, yards. Not, not, not I'll look that, that up. I don't believe that's correct. Yeah, go ahead and look that yes. up. All right. Um, I'll follow no, nonetheless, nonetheless. Again, I mean, uh, the, the dude just the Ben is capable of greatness. He's been great his whole career. Again, well, yesterday, we never said Sunday, that. The problem is you want to put him with them. Because I think if you flip situations, if you have a situation where your defense annually isn't quite as great as the Sears have been for a number of years that it has been, you would see a lot of those ballooned numbers, a lot of those inflated numbers. It's not about have, it's not so much as about the numbers as it is watch them, man. Watch them run their offense. When you sit and watch them, the reason why people turn on to watch the Saints is because of Drew Brees, because of Peyton Manning, because of Tumber, because of Aaron Rodgers. When you watch the Steelers, you're looking for both sides of the ball. You're not just looking for Big Ben. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but you can't put him up there with the guys when you actually watch them run their offenses. It's very efficient. Very efficient. When, matter of fact, prime example. I just give you this: when the Steelers' offense break down, Drew, I mean, uh, Big Ben is improvising like crazy, and he keeps play. He keeps the play alive. When <laughs> any one of those other four horsemen offense break down, somebody about to get cussed out because somebody missed something that they were supposed to do. <laughs> And you see it every single time when they go off on the sideline pitch. Efficiency, bro. That's why they separate themselves. You know, right, well, I understand Big Ben had one of the most efficient, greatest quarterback games of all time on Sunday. Yeah, he did. That's, that's great. That's a great game. That is, that's not, <laughs> that's not a season. It's not a season or a career. But that was a great game. That was a great game. So, um, all right. Uh, Dr. Train, let's keep it with you. Act like you've been there before. You're on. Man, I will keep this plain and simple. I need players to act like they've scored a touchdown before, act like they've gotten the first down before, act like you freaking sacked a quarterback before, and not make your team pay for it with your celebration. We're talking where anywhere from penalties to Houston, we have a problem getting injured off sack in the second string quarterback. Are you And you go and do the same thing that you just saw Stephen Tuller do earlier this season. And they actually won that game. But if I'm an NFL player, and I'm sure you, they, they, they all catch highlights here and there, and I saw that story come across and a dude jumping up and coming down and stiff – just uh, stiffening his legs, just, you know, celebrating the quarter. I definitely would not be the next person to do it. And the fact that it's, we're down 25 and it's a second-string quarterback and you decide to do that, 
most most time they say add add insult to injury. Actually, you, you just added injury to the insult. It's bad enough we were losing. Now you're gone for the season, which is probably not a bad thing because he showed more athleticism on celebrating that play than he did getting after the quarterback the whole season. And you tell the real Bears fans to show up? Really? Like I said, overall topic, I need these NFL players to act like they've done some of this stuff before. You know, that like this might be their last first down they get, their last sack, their last touchdown. Well, you know, no when, when they have their own fans pick against them in games, like when they play San Francisco, maybe that's why they say those I don't things. give a when damn. If I the it's the best, best of the season, they deserve it. Do you see I'm my team? Really? Yeah, no, it's embarrassing. I'm, I don't mess with you. Uh, thank you. I have a little bit of foresight in my team when I pick against them or for them. But still. Back to my point. No need to celebrate that. So what you sacked Garoppolo? Even go help the scout team doing practice while you sitting on the side watching them for the rest of the season. Stupid. Oh, it against Brady. It was against, uh, it was against Garoppolo. It was against Garoppolo. Twenty-five yeah, that's, down. Oh that's even better. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Like I said, injury to insult. Mm. Literally. All right. There's nothing to add to that. I mean, that's your team. And uh, JB, I bring the mic. Bring the mic. Yeah, I'm bringing the mic. And, and my segment is entitled, It's Only One Game. And the reason why I say that is this. Last night we saw Colt McCoy play a solid game against the Cowboys. He played very well. Take nothing away from him to be thrown into the spotlight and perform like that. That's admirable. I tip my cap. So there's a reason why I don't watch a lot of the post-game hype and post-game interviews and whatnot, and I was confirmed as to why I do not watch them. Last night, when I happened to view it for a few moments, I happened to hear Steve Young just absolutely gushing over Colt McCoy's performance, saying, and I will paraphrase because I can't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of, this is what you can make careers out of. Slow down. Slow your head roll. It's one game. Need I remind you, Matt Flynn had a 480-yard, six-touchdown game, collected a, a cat check of three years, $20.5 million with $9 million guaranteed, and he's done next to nothing ever since, and that was three years ago. As Bill Parcells said before, let's not break out the anointing oil just yet. He had one good game. He's his fifth year, I think, he's in the league. He's had five different offensive coordinators during that same time. He had a good game. Give him credit for that. But that's all you got to give him. Once RG3 is medically cleared to come back, Cole McCoy goes back to the sideline with the clipboard and the headset and calling in signals from the bench. It's one game. Let's not get crazy about it and start talking about make careers out of it. You can make a fat check out of it. Just ask Matt Flynn, like I said. But that's all you need to do. Don't go any further than that. That's all I got to say. And that's all I have to say about that. He brought the mic.
No comment. Nothing to add. Um, yeah, so I've been holding my tongue a little bit, which is not like me, because I'm sitting here disgusted. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. First of all, I'm disgusted that anybody out there actually thinks that the Dallas Cowboys are not America's team. Um, because if you didn't think they weren't America's team, then you go on Facebook if you're a football fan. You go on Twitter. You turn on ESPN or NFL Network. And what's been the talk today? The Cowboys losing. What's been the talk for the last three weeks? The Cowboys winning. Bottom line is what is the talk? The Cowboys. The Cowboys. Because people love to love them and they love to hate them. But what I'm disgusted about, as usual, is, and you heard a little bit of of it earlier today with Randy Garcia. Um, you know, first of all, let me speak to the Cowboy haters. Um, it's okay to not like the Cowboys. It's okay. Why is it you only show up when the Cowboys lose? Where have you been the last six weeks? Why Why do you go in hiding when the Cowboys are winning? And then as soon as they lose one game, you got everything to say. They're 6-2 and two right now, halfway through the season. They are in first place in the NFC East. First place by half a game over the Eagles, who just lost, by the way. Okay, You just heard me eat Randy's lunch about if the Cowboys lose, they're a fraud and blah, 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 blah. But then they're still going to the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But they're one and done. And you could say that at this halfway point of the season. I mean, it's just it's – just, stupidity it's people just talk they don't really sit and research so for you haters whatever bring it because you won't come on the show and debate me about the cowboys because you'll lose you won't come on the show and debate any of my colleagues about their teams because you'll lose because you don't do your homework you don't do your research because you don't know what you're talking about haters so go ahead and keep hating on facebook or twitter because that's all you got is to be able to put a, a smart little comment on Facebook and he ha ha look what I well, look what I said that's all you got you can't talk with real football people about the game because you don't have the intelligence and you don't do your homework so haters go ahead and hate but you know what I'm right here you want to talk football three four seven eight three eight nine five two five I'm here every Tuesday night eight o'clock Eastern time. You want me to set up a show on another day and night? Name the day tonight. I'll set up a show just for you to come on and debate Cowboy football with me. Sing it. Don't bring it, all you haters. But you fans, you fair weather fans, I'm done with you. You either support a team or move on. Because I don't need you. I don't need you. All of this, can't believe this team, this team sucks, and they're not going anywhere, they're doing the shit. What? How many games did you think the Cowboys were going to win in a row? They won six games in a row. It was going to come to an end, as my brother very eloquently said, for a different reason. But the point stands, it's only one game. Relax, quoting Aaron Rodgers. This team has shown you something different. They had a bad game. I said it last week. Teams bound to have a bad game. I'm going to ride this wave until they do, and when they have a bad game, I'll be quiet. Well, I've been quiet this week. I haven't. How about them Cowboys or anything? Had a bad game. It's one game. I am at my wit's end with going on the social media and seeing everybody come out of the woodwork, fans and haters, down in this team for losing to a division rival in overtime, 
and now they're six and two, and the sky is falling, and the Cowboys are done now. Now they're done. Right? They're done. They've been exposed. That's what I'm hearing, right? They've been exposed. What do you think? They're just going to sit around and sit back and let Arizona blitz them all next game? You don't think that that coaching staff, Rod Marinelli, doesn't understand what's going to happen? He's a defensive coordinator. Don't you think he's not going to talk to the offense about how to scheme against blitzing? I'm pretty sure they're going to tap his, his knowledge, his extensive knowledge of defensive scheming. You don't think Bill Callahan, former head coach, isn't going to get that offensive line ready? Scott Linehan, the team is 6-2. and two. Calm down. They know what's coming. Just because you're sitting at home on your couch, you think you know what's coming and this team doesn't know what's coming? Relax. And, and by the way, Justin Durant has not been ruled out for the year just yet. So let's wait and see what happens. They're, they're, they're holding out there. They're, they're going to keep evaluating and just see. So the sky isn't falling. It was one loss. What do I always say? Don't get too high after a win and don't get too low after a loss. And for all you loyal fans, thank you. Keep up the good work. I'm done. Let's move on to MVP. My MVP is Drew Brees. Um, I'll be honest. Drew was showing me some stuff this year that I hadn't seen in a while. I have him as my fantasy quarterback, so I'm very aware of what he does on offense. And, um, you know, he, he, he came through against the Packers. And he played at, at the level that we're used to seeing. He put some points up, ran that offense efficiently, and uh, did what needed to be done. So congratulations to the Saints. And Drew Brees, you're still my pick to win that division. Uh, train, your MVP. Dude, I just had to give MVP to the entire Patriots team. Appreciate the beatdown. See you next four years. <laughs> All right, JB, MVP. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me I'm sorry, boy. Train on the roll today. You miss one day, come back. Human, boy. Go ahead, boy. Um <laughs> <laughs> My MVP is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, everybody thought he was washed up. He comes out seven catches for a buck sixty. Uh, half of those yards coming on a third and five, where he actually ran away from the Eagle defenders for eighty yard touchdown. Don't sleep on Larry. He's still chugging right along. He gets MVP for me. Nice pick, K Star MVP. Mine was Rob Gronkowski. However. The three of you have failed. Because I can't pick my own team. The fact that no one picked Ben Roethlisberger is a, is a tragedy, is a justice, and just goes to speak to the saying that he legitimately is underrated when you have the Larry Fitzgeralds, the Patriots defense, and, and so on and so forth. I'm disgusted. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, I saw somebody else pick them, bro. I, I watched the quarterback demolish the five touchdowns, so hey. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you make a point. Uh, I think Ben should have been an MVP. Um, he deserved MVP consideration. I just looked at um, the, the Saints and the way that they were going downhill and now they're playing a team that had won four in a row and playing pretty well. And, you know, they played to a stalemate at half, and in the second half they took over. And Drew Brees just, you know, he, he did what he hadn't been doing. So for me – 
you know that, that you know that's why but um yeah you make a valid point i think ben should have been you know one of us i mean we got two patriots uh nominated patriots as a team and then gronkowski as a player so um you know you know that's a little overkill so maybe ben should have got one of those votes because he did have a you know one of the best passing performances in nfl history so you, you make a valid point he gets honorable mention we'll give him that all right i don't want no honorable mention <laughs> I don't know which one you want. The ball was All right. All right. Uh Dr. Train, uh you wanna recap our uh up to date pick six results. Okay, give me a second. I had the page and then I flipped it. Let me flip back. Alright, so whew. rough week, man. Rough week. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dr. Train comes in at one and five. T and little big brother Jay come in at four and two. K Star finish on top with five and one. That completely flips the standings. So all three of you guys are tied at thirty and seventeen. And um I had to eat this dirt at twenty eight and nineteen. Yeah. You know, I remember last week you weren't on the show, but I was calling out your picks and Almost every game, you went the other direction. I said, well, either either Train is going to really jump out ahead and extend his lead, or he's about to go to the rear of the bus because, you know, almost every game you went in another direction. Actually, the only pick I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself was not just fully taking the Bengals because it, it's one team that I've fully supported for the most of the season, and, and, I, and I put a – I'll put a, a, a disclaimer in there and should have just went ahead and took it. Actually, you know what? I, t- I changed my mind. The offensive of pass interference is bullshit because I think the Ravens actually went 5 0 this week in my case or 6 0. I changed my mind. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so me, JB, and K-Star are tied at 30 and 17, as Train said. And Train now is a full two games behind at 28 and 19. Clearly, though, when you look at our, our picks, I mean, those percentages are pretty admirable, even whether, you know, we're, we're all doing well. I mean, there's only two games difference between us. Um, so if you guys want to know who's going to win your games, you, you probably should holler at one of us here because we know football. All right. Anyway, um, so let's see. Uh, pick six, uh, our six games. Let's go. Game number one. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of an oddball game based on records, but if you put records aside, these two are playing for the division lead. So it was actually a good game to add despite records, but no one in that division actually has a winning record. So you have the Saints at three and four, at the Panthers. Three, four, and one. I've already said the Saints are going to win, so we'll just start with me. I got the Saints um, winning um, this game. Um, uh, K Star. Oh man. Oh god. Um, whatever. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm a Cam Newton fan. Whatever. Hall of Fame. He just just, just contradicts himself. Never Dodo. Never Sedona. Hey, no, no, I'm being consistent. I just can't Hall of Famer, you know, so I gotta go with him. Cam ain't no damn Hall of Famer. Come on, man. No, 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 no. You already put that damn Chris Rock. Rock the Hall of Fame top of the candidate long ago. So if I'm gonna wear it, I'm gonna wear it. 
Probably. Okay, that's an opinion based on what you think he's going to be. The other guys have had careers that if they retired now, it's pretty clear they're going to the Hall of Fame. Cam does not have that career. That's the difference. But anyway, hey, go with Cam. I, I you know, that'll put us, that'll put me one game ahead of you. Um, JV. Ooh, this is a tough one because my head says Saints, but my gut says Panthers, and I'm always told to go with your gut, so I'm actually going to go with the Panthers on this one. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Dr. Train. This is a tough one. Seen the Panthers play. Uh, but I think both Atlanta and the Panthers have had their chance to take their division, so... Saints get them back on the road here. I'm gonna take the Saints. Such a smart guy. You're gonna gain it. You're gonna, that game's gonna. You're gonna gain on these two guys. Just on that one win. All right. Eagles five and two at the Texans four and four. JB. Ooh, boy. I thought the first one was tough. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with the. I'm actually gonna take the the Texans in this one. Uh, reluctantly, I'm going to take the Texans. Okay. K-Star. I'm going with the Texans as well. Uh, they're going to run the ball all over Philadelphia. Aaron Rob Foster's on a roll. And, uh, listen, the Eagles' problems this year, when they have had problems within their offensive line, well, they could play Clowney and Watts. Texans. Dr. Train. Man. Man, I'm going to have to go with the Texans. I think that defense shows up and shows out. And um, if I'm not mistaken, does David Clowney come back? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah I like that defense, and I think uh, Aaron Foster has, has has got his groove back. So, Texans. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Sproles is back. Uh, he's planning to play. And I think he's the he's the difference. And um, I don't think the the Texans Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, um, I don't believe in Foles, but I believe in Fitzpatrick even less. Uh, Foster is the real deal, um, and we all know J.J. Watt is. And, I, and let me just say this real quick: loved what he did with the selfie thing after the sack of. Um, <laughs> That quarterback loved it, and and I love his reasoning behind it. I mean, this guy, I'm becoming a huge fan of his. I gotta tell you, uh, it just he plays at 100 miles an hour. He's a professional, and for him to make that general statement to that kid, pretty much saying, "Hey, boy, you're in my league now. Don't be taking selfies 90 minutes before game time. This is the NFL. This is the real deal. You know, you better appreciate every second you're here." I love it as a football person. Loved every – I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So um, – Nothing can get by J.J. Watt. Not even selfies before the game can get by J.J. Watt. It, this is this is crazy. This is how good he is. He'll swallow oh, it selfie. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and, and this is where – I mean, when you talk about best and we talk about top five or whatever and all these general statements we make, yeah, he is the best defensive player in the NFL, period, under the conversation, period. There's, there's not even a second even to talk about here. Um, the guy's insane. And that's why it's hard to vote against them because of him. But that said, with Sproles and the Eagles, they're a different team with Sproles. And so 
Um, let me do a doctor train. If Sproles plays, I'm going with the Eagles. If Sproles doesn't play, I'm going with the Texans. There you go. All right. There's a pending. Keep noting. There's a pending. All right. Um, all right. Chargers five and three at the Dolphins four and three. I can't even believe we have a Dolphins in a premier game, but four and three. Um, K Star AFC. What do you think? I'm going with the Dolphins here. And the reasoning is quite simple. They run the ball. San Diego's had problems stopping it. But moreover, that pass defense Miami has is 100% legitimate. Uh, you know, the Chargers have a fabulous aerial assault, but they would have problems at Miami. That defense is for real. I like Miami in the upset. Mm. All right. JV? Strong, strong arguments. I, I I can't disagree with the arguments, but I'll have to disagree with the pick. I'm going to take the Chargers. Dr. Train. Uh, Phillip Rivers is my fantasy football quarterback, so I'm going to take the Chargers. I hope that's good enough reason. Very good reason. Um, yeah, I, you know, the Chargers, you know, every year we go through this, are they real? Um are they ready to step up and challenge? Um, seeing something in them this year that might actually be bona fide, if you will, um, and this is a good game for them on the road against a, a tough Dolphin team or a, a tougher Dolphin team than we've seen in recent years. Um, but I, I think the Chargers are going to pull this one out, so I'm going with the Chargers. Um, all right, um, one of the one of the featured games of the week, and I think uh, I think really all of these these next three games, any one of them, uh, obviously the Broncos and Patriots is probably the feature game of the week, but these other two games are certainly rivals to that as far as you know record and importance, um, um, you know, and and considering the Cardinals just won against an NFC East team, and now they're going to Jerry World to play the Cowboys after a, a tough loss. Cardinals at 6-1. and one. People are still saying that these are the two best teams in the, in the NFC. I don't disagree with that. Um, Cardinals at 6-1 and one at the Cowboys at 6-2. and two. Uh, Let's go with JB. TV. Uh, I think the Cowboys get it back on track. I'm taking off my home hat. This is just pure football. I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Jay, uh, blah, 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 Dr. Train. Man, when I say this is a really hard one, this is a hard one. Um, I'm going to have to put a pending one on this one. If Tony Romo plays, everything passes and he plays, I will, I will, I, I, I take the Cowboys on this one, but without, uh, without Tony Romo, uh, I'm at the road with the Cardinals. Okay, K Star. Man, this is a tough game. I'm really looking forward to this match. This whole weekend, it's a great slate of games. Um, I'm not sure what the status of Patrick Peterson is. I know he got in a concussion last Sunday. Um, I'm not going to put a pending statement on that because. I don't know, concussions are kind of tricky, but I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, they stopped the run very well. That's their team strength on defense. Um, I have the cornerbacks, and, uh, you know, I think they run blitz a lot, and we'll see if Dallas can make those adjustments and also more for Romo's health. I'm going to go with Arizona. 
Um, Cowboys, and I'm going to do a quick pep talk after our picks. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't see the Cowboys losing two in a row at home. You, 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 this was a game that you could have lost had you beat Washington like you should have. You lost, you, you didn't beat Washington. So this game becomes a little more important, um, to get to seven and two and then to go to Jackson or to go to London to play Jacksonville. By all accounts, you should handle Jacksonville and to get to the turn at eight and two would really take a lot of pressure off of November and December. And that's what Dallas needs. I mean, it could literally go in a 10 games, three and three down the stretch and finish 11 and five, which would be, which would be incredible for this team. So this is really a big game and, and Dallas needs this game as far as just emotional, you know, and, you know, just to show themselves that they deserve to be here. So, um, and even if Romo doesn't play, um, I'm still going to pick the Cowboys. So no pending Cowboys. Broncos at the Patriots. To me, this is the toughest game of the weekend to pick because Brady is back. He's home. And we have a great rivalry, as we already discussed. And Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. And these guys, they respect each other, but they like to beat each other. Um, last year... I said that the Patriots would beat the Broncos when the Broncos are winning all those games, and I was right. And I'm going to go with it again. I'm going to go with the Patriots at home to beat the Broncos. So I'm picking Tom Brady, you know, in his new favorite target (laughs) after Gronkowski, Brandon LaFell. Um, I'm going with the Patriots. It's going to be a great game, but I'm, I'm going with the Patriots at home. And, uh, and let's remember the head coach of the Patriots is Belichick, who is a defensive genius. So, Patriots. Uh, K-Star. It, listen, it, it is 100% rare whenever I pick against the Broncos. I pretty much always for Broncos, but I'm going New England. Um, you're right, he is a defensive genius. And over the offseason, he looked at his personnel and realized, you know what, I can't stop the Broncos offense with what we currently have. So they bring in Darrell Revis. They bring in Brandon Browner, who just came back off suspension. I expect Revis to play uh, Demarius Thomas straight up, and uh, I expect Browner to be on Julius Thomas. And um, I like the Wingman, and I also like LaFell as well. Uh, they're doing great things. I cannot wait for this game, the Patriots tonight. Okay. Dr. Train. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I mean, of course, the Bears couldn't do anything with the Patriots, but the Broncos is a totally different monster. Um, they definitely have a better defense than we have, and they have a well-oiled machine of an offense. Uh, and so is the Patriots as far as the offense is concerned, but they do have some uh, injuries on the defense that I think the Broncos can take advantage of that we could not. So Broncos. JB. Another must-see TV. This is the irresistible force versus the immovable object. I'm actually going to go with the Patriots on this one. They seem to have behind the the Seahawks and the Saints probably the third best, I guess, um, home field advantage, if you will. Harder win up in, in Foxborough, so I'm going to take the Patriots. All right. Last but not least, Ravens five and three, Steelers five. Are they both five and three? Yep. Is that correct? Yep. All right. Uh, at the Steelers. K-Star? Steelers. 
Yeah, duh. <laughs> uh, uh, train. Man, um, I don't know why, but I'm just gonna go with the Ravens. JB. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the Ravens, too. I think that they're still angry from this past week, and I think the Steel offense obviously played a great game this past week, but I think they're going to come back down to earth a bit. So I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. Ravens, Steelers still have defensive issues, great offense uh, explosion, still have defensive issues, and I think the Ravens exposed them um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ravens. All right. Uh, real quick, my pep talk, and then we'll get out of here. I, I just want to say one thing. Um, Dallas ran DeMarco Murray 19 times for 141 yards. Dallas is too busy listening to everyone's con- concern over Murray and how many carries he gets. And, and it, 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 listen, run the guy. Run the guy. He needs to hold on to the ball, mind you, DeMarco, but run the guy. There's no reason why. You know, he's averaging seven-plus yards a carry. You shouldn't be running him a little bit more. And you're going to need that against Arizona with their blitzing packages and what they do. I know they have a good defense, but that offensive line has proven to be able to stand up to the top defenses. I think that's what happens. Run him. Give him his 22, 23, 25, 28 carries, and let's go and get this win. Run to Marco Murray. To Marco, hold the ball, please. All right. That's my pep talk. Um, final words, Dr. Train. Um, man, just a, just a few things. Uh, first, Emmitt Smith, man, I know you are you are a great running back, man. You you will always be remembered. You know what I'm saying? You, you still hold the record for most yards by a running back ever. But you know you're no longer playing. You gotta let Demarco Murray do his thing, man. Yeah, he needs to hold on to the ball, but you know don't take his don't take his 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 the way his he runs away from him because the dude is running hard and I say he just continues to run hard. He got to play his own game. Uh, JB, man, you stole one from me. Boy, you stole one from me. I should have had a better lineup in there, though. But since I stole one from T earlier, I guess it's, it, it's coming back on me. So you got me by, what, point five nine. Oh, that hurts. So, yeah, I got to get back to my winning ways. Uh, lastly, you know, breast cancer awareness month. A um, couple things on that. Uh, check out the Erica J. Hollman Foundation. She just released uh, a book of her chronicles from uh, when she was living, and she documented some things, so uh, that's out there. Uh, secondly, uh, women, guys, everyone, you know, get yourselves checked out. You know what I'm saying? Your health is very important, so make sure you eat right, sleep right, and uh, stay prayed up. Uh, other than that, uh, the Bears are on the bye week, so uh, I'm going to be happy all week. I just look forward to some of these matchups coming this weekend. All right. Uh, JB, final words. Yeah, definitely echo the thoughts on the uh, last week of of it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, ladies, please go out there and get yourselves checked out. Uh, we obviously need you around, want you around, so first things first is to take care of your health. Secondly, with that saying, um, I had to get you, and after having a rough start, I am now on uh, second in the league at 5-3, and three, and I believe I won four in a row, maybe five in a row. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, feeling good about that. 
and uh, look at the games this week. So I hope everybody does the same thing. K-Star, final words. Yeah, while we're talking AFL, we need both of you to pipe down because my team is absolutely undestructible. Person scoring, defending champion. Yes, the record's 5-3. and three. Let's just keep the roster. Although this week we're, we got hit with the buy mind. We got buys everywhere. But anyway, none of that. Enough of that. Just a wonderful game, uh, slate of games this Sunday. Uh, I'm truly super excited for it. Uh, we are coming down towards the – we are the half, done with the halfway point of the season. We got 50% of the season out of the way. And that is insane to think about. And um, we are coming to the home front. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to, you know, all these games matter more and the more dramatic they get, which means the better theater, the better TV, and uh, meeting Brady. I uh, can't wait to see that game and all the other games as well. All right. We are just about out of time, so I'm muting everybody and saying enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday night. And remember the Madden voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday night. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.